Evan, you have something for next week. Michael, you have something for the week after this. You have three weeks to get it together, Michael. Two weeks to get it together, Michael. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> like mathematician. Quick rephrase, my friend. The quick rephrase. <laughs> like we weren't we were going to notice. <laughs> the previous statement was not even said. Yeah, your short-term memory has a three-second buffer that's period right. where you can just say something <laughs> yeah. new and, and overwrites. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome back to the IO panel, episode 16. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Episode 4, 5, episode 5. Six. We're, six, is six? Yes. Episode 6. <laughs> Welcome to the IO panel, episode 6. <laughs> uh, myself and my three, my two esteemed co-hosts. <laughs> We're just left. We're, we're filling up that three second buffer, and it just drops right out, just like you said, Evan. Uh, oh my my esteemed co-hosts, Evan and Michael. How are you guys doing today? Doing great, James. Thanks for having me. Oh man, it is an absolute pleasure, my friend. <laughs> wow, Mike, Michael, how are you doing, sir? Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm in better. <laughs> The most professional show on the interweb. <laughs> we are so grateful you guys to tune in. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. We'll see you next week. <laughs> okay, guys. All right. So we we were talking about a few things, but we want to talk about them on the show. How was you? How how was you guys week? What did you guys get into this week? Any any updates uh, for your personal personal things going on? Anything? Any excitement? Um. I'm still not a superhero, despite all my uh, dreams and prayers and um, what's it called? A wish board or something? Yeah, I made one of those, but it doesn't seem to be working. So Maybe you're praying to the wrong person. I wasn't praying to a person at all. Maybe that's my problem. Oh, there you go. See? Yeah, I'll work it out. I'll keep you, you guys got, updated next you week. You got to pray to Joe Pesci. Done. Oh. Let me write that down before I forget. I mean, not like I could forget to pray to Joe Pesci. But... <laughs> yep. What about you, Mike? Uh, you know, same old, same old. Just trucking along, you know? I hear you, dude. I hear you. All right, so all of that elaborate questioning was just a uh, segue to get to what I did uh, previously. <laughs> So uh, we were talking about it earlier. I want to tell you guys, but I want to tell you guys on the show because I thought it was really hilarious. So my girlfriend took me to Color Me Mine. This was over a month ago. We went and painted these a bunch of things. I have a picture, <laughs> and I'll make sure we get it on the podcast uh, of what I made, which was, was the most metal thing you could make there, a skull. Uh, so metal. And this has so much to do with technology that I knew it was a perfect fit for our show. So I want to go into deep depth about depth about Color Me Mine and how much fun <laughs> it was. Uh, actually, it was a horrible experience. <laughs> and if I didn't have a girlfriend, I would never go. Okay, this is a trick for parents. Parents think, oh, I know what I can do with my kids for like 25 hours. I can take them to this fucking place and then we can paint a bunch, bunch of fucking sculptures. Dude, we were at the bench sitting there, okay? I hate people and I hate crowds, okay? And on top of people and crowds, I hate fucking kids, 
Okay, awesome. I fucking smell their Hitlers are drunk. I hate them. Okay, <laughs> I hate them. So nice. We're sitting at the bench, and this family—it's like all all women, like three generations of women—and then the youngest one there, and the youngest one's like, she's like, uh, they she gets these like bears to paint or whatever. They get three bears sitting on a log taking a dump or something, and they're like painting them, and <laughs> everyone else has their shit they're painting, and of course everybody else is like. No, oh, this is gonna take three hundred hours. You know, they're like painting, like going all delicate and stuff. You know, they're like because the lady's like, you got to make eight coats. You know, and an adult is gonna do that. Adults gonna make eight coats. Like, if you want it to come out, you're like, I got to make eight coats. Ugh. So you're going over everything like seven or eight times. Seems the excessive. Kid, oh yeah, it was ridiculous. It sucked. The kid, she's like, <laughs> okay, I'm done. She's like, what are we doing next? I'm ready to go. I was like, <laughs> I'm just at the end dying. I'm like, these women fucked up like this is not a place for kids kids have the attention span of a peanut this is a place for middle-aged to teenage for for teenage to middle-aged women who are like you know i want to do some artistic shit i don't know i'm feeling artistic today and i don't know what's come on meg do you want to go yeah i'll go with you susan okay let's go you know and you go and fuck around here for like four or five hours because your life is fucking horrible it didn't take that long did it Dude, it took like four or five fucking hours. It took forever. Like, you go in there, you wait. You're like, you're waiting, and there's kids screaming like, ah, I want to go home. I need the fucking taupe paint. Ah, it's fucking crazy in there. It's hell on fucking earth. The only good thing about it was my girlfriend's fucking hilarious, so we're laughing, having a good time the whole time, looking at these fucking maniacs. But, oh, my God. Um, so my skull didn't come out very metal, but that's okay. I'll put some pictures on the uh, on the podcast uh, on the on the on the blog post so uh, you guys can see. But I will say this: don't go to Color Me Mine. And they lost our they lost our stuff uh, because we we are morons and waited till the very last minute to go pick it up. We waited like a month to pick it up after it was waited ready after a week. <laughs> so it had like moved from the storage bin in the back to <laughs> to a uh, to a shelf somewhere. Oh, you don't pick it up you the know. same day. Yeah, you don't get no, to no, take no. it home with you. No, you gotta. They gotta bake it, dude. They gotta kill. That in the is back. a retarded business. Yeah. How long does it take to kill something? I don't know, dude. Like a fucking month. I don't know. <laughs> like a fucking kiln spurt. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I kiln think it takes. Spurt. I think they. I think it. I think it takes like honestly like eight or nine hours. But yeah. they have so much traffic in there. Like you guys would not believe how busy this place was on a Saturday. When I went to pick this, these her her artwork and mine up, I had to double park outside the place. And in that time, about 60 people came in the place just to sit down and were waiting and making reservations. The place is so packed. It's absolutely a madhouse. Like, people are, like, getting paint, and they're, like, it's it's crazy. Like, there's girls everywhere. And the whole time I was there, I was the only man in the whole joint. Okay? There's no dudes in there. You know? And I was like, man, I got totally tricked right now. You know, my girlfriend brought me here. She's like, I got you, sucker. You know what I mean? (laughs) But I had a good time. I mean, I had a good time with my girlfriend. I would never, ever go outside of like a couple's date or with my girlfriend you know otherwise it was freaking not fun it sounds like um that those events i've been seeing lately where you go drink wine get wasted and all try to paint the same thing this is ridiculous yes and actually my coworker did that <laughs> yeah it's she very popular she's telling me how great it was i was like this doesn't look like fun no it's not it does not look <laughs> like fun at all never heard of that but Okay. It's a thing. It's the same thing as this color me mind thing. It's like and there's a few places like color me mind. You go in there, you get the pottery, you paint and then you leave it there, they make it and you come pick it up. Um and I mean I I'm proud of what I made. I like it. It's cool, but you know, it's kind of fun. It has my distinct 
madness to it and shenanigans all are all about it. But uh, it's, you know, I mean, it's it's dumb. It's a hustle. It's like a flim flam to get your money. You know, if but, you want to pay thirty dollars for a shitty coffee mug, that's your place. Bingo, 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 bongo. And if you want to and and if you want to make it yourself. Yeah. Yeah, do all do all the hard work. <laughs> yeah, if you want to do all the work uh, that a Malaysia a kid in Malaysia should be doing for t- for pennies on the dollar, then <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Color me mine. That reminds me of a restaurant that I that I hate called Ch- uh, Children of Malaysia, the Melting Pot. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> They get you to do all the work. They're like, yeah, you're going to cook this shit. We're just going to bring you a bunch of raw bullshit out here, and we're going to charge you a million dollars for the honor. Yeah. I hate Mm -hmm. that. It's a trick. It's a huge trick that the devil played on the world. I feel like if the devil was real, he'd own Color Me Mine and The Melting Pot. Like, those would be his main core interests. You know, he'd be like, (laughs) fucking fooling motherfuckers like crazy. So anyway, okay, the reason why you guys came to this podcast, not to hear me bitch about Color Me Mine, or to say how much I love my girlfriend and how much fun I had with her there, even though the place is horrible and a trap, uh, let's talk about news. Evan, what do we got? Uh, before we get into news, should we start one of these businesses and call it Color Color Me Yours? We so Fuck. You're a beautiful genius. Shut down the podcast. Get the servers off. <laughs> let's get going, baby. <laughs> Yeah, genius. I was thinking about that. You know, along with my uh, my star registry business. You know, get a yeah. Hey, don't give away our fucking trade secrets. God damn. Yeah, it's true. That's right. It's true. So we'll get get into some uh, technology news. I'll channel uh, the movie Anchorman and say twenty five percent of the time it works every time. Uh, SpaceX has successfully landed um, a rocket on an automated drone floating in. The Atlantic Ocean uh, happened a couple days ago. They have previously attempted this three times and failed three times. So it looks like they're going in the right direction. Um, it climbed to an altitude of about 230 kilometers. Performed. <laughs> Evan, performed... You, know, you know we don't use kilometers here in America, right? Look, right. the space industry uses kilometers because they make <laughs> fucking sense. <laughs> I need all my measurements in yards. Thank you. No. <laughs> 20, 22,000 yards. Thank you. No problem. Don't fact check that. It is incorrect. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it went up to about 230 kilometers. And the way this works is um, it, the rocket launches and at its sort of apex, uh, a it jettisons part of itself and by doing this flips over and starts descending back to earth with the rocket down and once it reaches a certain altitude um towards the planet it'll fire off like a a, a booster rocket to stop its descent or slow its descent and then maneuvering thrusters will take it down to this uh platform so i mean in, in the long run the, it'll save a lot of money because you can reuse the majority of your rocket. I mean, obviously not the fuel, which is a huge expense. But, you know, typically with NASA, whenever we send a shuttle up uh, or any other device, it's like, that's it's done. Although they have captured Don't some they recover of them. the... Uh... Yeah, well, the majority of the, the rockets they send up um, 
now maybe it's not just NASA, but in general, like if a company wants to put up a satellite, like you build the rocket and consider it, you know, a write-off, you're not getting it back. Yeah, not in a usable shape. It, it's going to land in the ocean and it's going to be, you know, I mean, water, salt water and everything destroys all these delicate components. I mean, they can recycle some of it and use some pieces again, but what doesn't sink to the ocean, what's not recoverable and all kinds of things. I mean, there's so many variables. It's not something mm. that they, they don't reuse it. It's not like, oh, we're going to take this and remanufacture it. They do do some, do, they do remanufacture some things, but this is going to, I think they said this is going to save 30%, which is, doesn't seem like a lot, but in, when you talk billions of dollars, it's a lot of money. 30% is a lot. So yeah, it's pretty significant. It's a, yeah, pretty significant. Um, and and Evan, just uh, when you say jettison, it's what, what it's jettisoning is is its payload. <laughs> so it's like line, So it's getting up there, <laughs> jettisoning its payload into space, and then coming back down. I just didn't want to. It sounds like it's like it releases some detritus, and then it just lands. <laughs> no, 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 some debris. Yeah, debris. <laughs> debris. <laughs> Fuck that word. <laughs> okay. You're an irrational hatred of a word. All right, cool. Yeah, I mean, it's not a, a total wasted launch. There is a purpose to going up in the first place. But it could be cool for the future of space tourism, I guess, if you want to go see the Earth. I don't know how well, much it would cost, though. Here's the funny thing, right? Um, so you said that. Um, so... A lot of people have said, well, SpaceX is, is behind the times. Blue Origin did that. You know, they've done it. They did it like almost a year ago or like they did it last year. They landed one of their craft last year. Um, Who? Blue, Blue Origin. People have a lot of like some people haven't heard. Of, we, we all know SpaceX because we're like, oh, Elon Musk, SpaceX, tel- Tesla. Solar and City. we know the other one, too. Blue Origin. Do we? No. The other one. What? What's the Apparently not. One? Oh, Virgin, yeah, Virgin, yeah, we know that one. But the Virgin one isn't is a little bit different. Like that's not launching from a rocket. That's coming from the from the bottom of a plane, and it's a space plane, basically. Is that one right? Um, right. So it's a little bit different. So, uh, but so Jeff Bezos, who owns Amazon, or not the owns, but the CEO of Amazon, he started Blue Origin, and Blue Origin is ah, Amazon's yeah. play into to start yeah. selling uh, toilet paper to yeah. Martians. Gotcha. Yeah. Here's the thing, right? Because of Amazon's very silo-y, kind of Apple-y, sort of a creepy, big businessy sort of way they do things, the whole Blue Origin thing makes me uncomfortable, and his play at it makes me uncomfortable, just because, like, their whole reason is, like, yeah, we want to take people into space for four minutes. And I'm like, who are you taking into space for four minutes? Obviously, it's only the super rich, you know? So, I'm like, okay. Well, right now? You... Yeah, but come on, Michael. <laughs> what you're gonna fucking go on Amazon Prime? He's like, you know what? I saved up thirty thousand dollars. I'm gonna do it for thirty thousand dollars. Guess what? That's not gonna be enough money. <laughs> okay, it's gonna cost like two hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Okay, I guarantee it's gonna be ridiculous. Yeah, well, right now I'm saying, yeah, Michael, in five years. I appreciate that they're doing it, but they're not doing something that's like maybe this is their way to like enter into space and make money. But I don't think it's going to make money. I think it's going to be this niche kind of like cliche thing that people are going to be like, okay, it's not for me. I can never afford that. When SpaceX is like, we have a contract with the United States government to supply uh, food and we're going to do all the U.S. flights to the space, to the ISS, and we want to go to Mars one day and we're building landers. We're doing everything. You know, like mm-hmm. Tony, I mean, I'm calling him Tony Stark. Elon Musk like, has all kinds of crazy shit in his head. Who knows what there's on the, what's on the drawing boards in the SpaceX um, plant 
you know, who knows who's on the drawing boards it hasn't come up with. And, and I guarantee you, none of it's like, we're going to do space tourism to get people in space for four minutes. You know, anyway, I'm ranting because I don't like Blue Origin. And I think Jeff Bezos is creepy because I think Amazon's a little creepy, even though I love Prime. And I think Alexa's really cool. Um, but anyway, so Blue Origin is like a third the size of the Falcon 9. It's has a higher center of gravity, so it's a lot easier to land. And uh, it really doesn't have any payload to jettison. You know, it's going up and then coming right back down. You know, it's not not really that big a deal. And it's not, so it's going, not a fair comparison. It's not a fair comparison. And a lot of people have been comparing them saying, oh, Blue Origin's better. It's not really better. It's not a fair comparison. Two different, completely, completely different things, completely different purposes. And the Falcon rocket's been making money, like tons of money for for uh spacex and saving the united states government tons of money for so what have they time. what have they been doing they just been launching them and been they just them and letting them fucking like fucking implode and let them tumble to the earth and that's it or whatever yeah or i mean they landed one they've landed them on the on the ground they can yes. land them on the ground but they've been wanting to land them on a uh on a drone ship and the reason is because the drone ships save a lot of money because see let's say you launch from cape canaveral if you launch from Cape Canaveral, and people can't see, but just imagine taking your launch from Cape Canaveral and you're going up in a 45-degree arc into the Earth's atmosphere, you release your payload at that 45-degree arc. If you want to come back down at your at your launch point, the, the ship has to save a ton of fuel, use fuel to turn around, come back down, and then turn back around, invert, and then start to land right side up. Okay? With the drone ship... You put the drone ship out in the Atlantic Ocean, you launch from Cape Canaveral, come down, jettison your payload, rotate, and then start lowering. You don't have to make any trip back. So that's why the drone ship's important. Hmm. And just to tell you how maddening this is, like, look at the video. And I think, um, yeah, The Verge the Verge has a video up here that uh, Evan up here it, it has up here. They have, they, the Verge did a great uh, talk about it. And I think this might be that video. So... In that video, they show the drone ship, and it's, like, getting buffeted by waves and stuff. I mean, this thing's not – it's not, like, just sitting, like, chilling calm seas. You know what I mean? It's, like, shit is happening. So that's, like, so cool. So what is it? Like a – is it, like, an aircraft carrier or something? It's, like – I think it's just – It's, like, a big helipad. Yeah. It's a floating helipad. Yeah. But it's floating in the water. Correct. And moving. Yeah, probably moving a little bit, too. (laughs) It's, It's pretty nuts, honestly. We've come really far as human beings. I mean, we're we're fucking amazing that we're doing this. Thank like, you. and it's all like <laughs> Thank yeah, you. you can take that on yourself, Mike Evan. It's all thanks to you. <laughs> um, oh, wow. but yeah, it's okay. it's pretty amazing. I mean, I'm not trying to knock Blue Origin or anything like that. I just don't like where they're going with it. I think they could be doing more altruistic things with it, other than like, oh, we're gonna sell fucking rich people trips into space for four minutes. It's stupid. Is that what they said they're gonna do? That's exactly what. Um, the it's called so the, we're new gonna, shepherd, the new shepherd we're That's gonna exactly we're gonna sell it to rich people they didn't say to rich people michael who can afford to go to space for four minutes it depends how much it costs i don't know no one we know <laughs> okay no one we know probably not most poli- probably most politicians and most celebrities we know couldn't do it all right i guarantee it's not gonna be cheap i mean space is expensive dude space is freaking expensive true um at any rate, okay. So anyway, SpaceX think, is very cool. I think space is only expensive right now. Well, I mean, obviously there's a lot of R and D, but the fuel to get stuff up there is very expensive. Fusion yeah. and ion engines—that's where we need to be. 
And space elevators. Or space elevators. Absolutely. Yeah. Once we get the space elevators going, then it's the cost to get up there is going to be way lower. Let me pitch you guys my idea here. Okay. Okay. Uh-oh. So I talked to a engineer at my office. A space engineer? No, no. She's actually a biomedical engineering student. Uh, so completely. <laughs> okay. <related. laughs> I thought he was going to say, I talked to my, my guys at NASA. <laughs> no, I, I talked to an engineer at my job, a, a actually an engineering student. She's not an engineer. She has a bachelor's degree in biomedical engineering. So totally. Amateur. Sciences. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure her job is like filing papers. Like she files papers totally unrelated to biomedical engineering or any type of engineering at all. So anyway, so I talked to her and it's her professional opinion that it's a totally unsound and crazy idea. But, you know, screw her. I think it's a great idea. Basically, here's what I'm thinking, right? You take you you go buy like you go lease a 600 mile stretch of the Australian outback. Okay. High, okay. high side, very close to the equator, and you build a massive ramp, okay? An electromagnetic ramp, okay? And this ramp will fire cargo containers and stuff into space. So the biggest thing about space, we can get people into space, right? It's going to be expensive, but we can get people into space. The thing is, can we get things into space? Can we get more fuel into space? You know, this one thing to get people into space, fine, you get them up there, but then you got to carry the fuel to bring them back. What if you could just launch fuel containers into space with very low amounts of fuel, just enough to get them up there and then park them in orbit. And then they drones, once they're in, in orbit, uh, a non-degrading orbit drones, they can latch themselves together like Legos, like click, 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 click. You know what I mean? That's what I'm thinking, dude. A huge, massive ramp. Or you do it right across the band of the equator, like you would do a uh, space elevator, and you put it out to sea, and you sink it. You know, you sink it half, you sink half of it, and you have this huge, so it has this counterweight situation. It'd be a massive undertaking, but once it's built, my God, it'd be amazing. I've heard about a couple of variations of those before, uh, mostly developed by professionals. Um, as for <laughs> your snort is not welcome, Michael. <laughs> so in, in regards to the ramp, um, the velocity needed to break, um, earth's gravitational pull and go into orbit. You can do that with a, I think the ramp has to be like, uh, 12 miles long and no, it'd have to be longer. Like say four miles high and 12 miles long, you know, frictionless and use earth's gravity to, I mean, you'd have to get it to the top of the ramp somehow, but if you can lift it up there and let gravity take over, it will get, it will leave orbit. Um, so that's one so way. A, a giant U? Uh, kind of, I mean, not, it's like a slanted J. <clears throat> Dude, that's hmm. doable. We can do that. Yeah, we can. We'll talk about it after the show. Thirty-five also bags, thirty-five uh, bucks, twenty-five pounds of concrete. Done. Done. <laughs> it's like we got it. We'll we'll get some Malaysian uh, child laborers to help us build Bingo. it. <laughs> if it gets mentioned one more time, let's make it happen, baby. <laughs> uh and the other one is a, a sort of a space ladder. Uh, I think the idea is effectively if you can build a vertical uh or like a ver- an elevator shaft that's anchored on the equator and make its center of gravity above 
the atmosphere or above a certain point where the um, Earth's gravity pulls it downwards, it will be still rigid but effectively weightless. And you could send stuff up that way. Right. Right. And that's a space elevator. Yeah. 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 And, th- Interesting and, that's, stuff. and that's honestly kind of crazy how that would work. I mean, it's fucking nuts, actually. Like, you're the, like, I think I saw some video on YouTube. They're like, yeah, you, they're like, if a space elevator existed, you could stand on top of it and you'd look, you'd, you'd be literally looking like out into space. Yeah. And you'd be like, yeah, this is normal, totally normal. <clears throat> and it honestly, in the grand scheme of things, it would probably not cost all that much to actually build. I think, uh, I think you're wrong. I think it'd be ridiculous. Well, I don't know about that, but it would be hundreds of billions of dollars. But <laughs> I think trillions. Put, friend, trillions. I don't think trillions. I think they might have to generate a new name, <laughs> a, a pet, a billion or something like that. You know. <laughs> um, but yeah. The, well, how how come they haven't built one yet? Right? Because they no, can't. Because there's no money in it. No, it's not. Yeah, they, it's not. No, they can't. No, it's not because they can't. Of course they can. I mean, they, of they course said, they can. They said that of we need Bucky Buckyball fibers or whatever, but um, to to hold up to the the uh, the gravitational. Yeah, do they have they have materials strong enough? No, they don't. They said they, they don't. don't. I don't know if that I don't know if that's true or not. I think they could build one. The thing is, there's no. It's not going to take one country won't be able to build it. Like no country's going to be like, yeah, we'll put fucking like fucking. Four hundred billion dollars into building this thing, and uh, we really have basically have no space program, you know. <laughs> anyway, you know what's our like SpaceX is doing this thing, and people are using the at the ISS, but what are they doing? And they're fucking doing experiments with fucking like cooking oil and stuff up there. I mean, come on, man, <laughs> you know someone has to say, you know what? You say cooking oil? I'm just saying they're doing bullshit experiments up there. They're they're, they're doing what scientists do, trying to learn how things we use every in everyday basis are being affected by space, which is great. If you want to slow roll your way into space, it's totally cool. If you want to fucking be living in space in 125 years, you know, we could go up there and take the big leap like people used to do in the 40s, the 50s, the the early 1900s. Like, dude, nobody told the no the, the Wright brothers did not sit down in their freaking garage for six years doing the the tightest calculations for aerodynamic pressures when they built their thing. They're like, let's build this thing. See what the fuck happens. You want to do it, bro? He's like, he's like. Yo, dap on it, baby. Done. And they did it. Those are the exact <laughs> words. Check the Wright Brothers Museum. That's what they said. Okay. Oh, the uh, the thing we've never been to. We never got to go. Yeah. When uh, the we've been to the Outer Banks fifteen times, but we've never been to the yep. the Wright Brothers Museum. This year I'm sixteenth time is the charm. This year I'm going. This, time I'm gonna, this year I'm gonna do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. they didn't. They didn't. They just did it. You know, they just went up there and did it. They just they just built this thing and, and did it. And I, and I know like people are gonna die. If we just do stuff in space, like space wants to kill you. Like space doesn't want you there. It wants you to die. It hates you. It wants to like suck all the fucking air out of your body and make your ha- your eyes explode and freaking crystallize your blood. But that said, <laughs> you know, we know how to survive up there now. We know what it takes. Like we could do, we could build prefab sections of a real space station with real inertial gravity and have it in space. We could do it. We're just not because there's no, no interest in it. Like people don't care. You know, that's I hate to say that, hate to say it, but that's what's one thing that's good about like communism and dictatorships. If a dictator's like, yeah, we're doing this, people are like, oh man, okay, it's like you know? fine. I want to live, so yeah, fine. exactly, fine. I don't want to go in this fucking death camp, so space it is. Here we go. You know, 
<laughs> you know? Anyway. We'll paint the galaxy red. That's right. With the blood of our enemies? That's right. Yes, and the blood of our own people because they are our <laughs> slaves. That's right. Ah, very good. So, all right. Yeah, I'm down. Cool. All right, so that's a long rant. So, so tell us what else is going on, Michael. Let's jump into a completely unrelated topic as I open a beer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, there we go. so uh, we've been talking about, you know, uh, been talking a lot about encryption these days, specifically in reference to the whole case that the FBI brought against Apple saying, you know, they wanted them to make them into, you know, a backdoor and blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> um, so I want to do to Apple. They wanted to backdoor them? They want some backdoor action. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Jeez. So, Full body uh, inspection. Mm. In, in response, some other companies have been trying to strengthen the encryption of their own systems so that, so that even if they were asked to provide something, then they wouldn't be able to, which is what Apple was claiming. So <clears throat> uh, there's a company called WhatsApp that most people have probably heard of that's an it's an app that you can download for iOS and I'm pretty sure for Android as well yes that uh, actually Facebook bought them probably a couple years back but <clears throat> whatsapp lets you uh, you can make phone calls send text messages have group messages whatever and it's all you know for free meaning it's all over your data plan. So you're not using your minutes, your text messages, or if you're in another country, you could just do it over Wi-Fi. Um, so what they've done is they've increased their encryption. They've made it end-to-end encryption for all of their users. They claim they have over 1 billion users, and they've made end-to-end encryption. So basically, they're saying there's no way they can see what anyone is doing, so it would be impossible for the FBI or some other law enforcement agency to come to them and say, hey, we want to see what uh, Michael and James are talking about. We need the encryption keys. I'm like, sorry, can't help you. Yeah, I support that. Yep, I like it. Um, In the show notes here, I have an article that talks about it. It's on the uh, EFF website, EFF.org. And uh, if you guys don't know about the EFF, go ahead and check them out. They're pretty cool. So. They're fighting for our rights to uh, to party. I was just gonna say that, yeah. <laughs> uh, to, uh, for they're fighting for our rights in the electronic age here, for our uh, digital rights. I'll say so. They're they're doing good work. Cool, the work of the people. Yeah, they're doing uh, God's work. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> they're doing Joe Pesci's work. Uh huh. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, Are so... you talking to me? <laughs> uh, on a very related topic, um, Senators Richard Burr and Diane Feinstein have been working on a, a bill to basically make encryption illegal. Huh. Get fucked. So, a, exactly. A first draft was leaked uh, yesterday, I believe. So uh, I'll read a little excerpt in just a second, but it in the you know it won't pass like this, but it will it would effectively make cybersecurity illegal. 
which would be a huge detriment to like U.S. businesses, and I mean any anyone who deals with U.S. U.S. businesses, um, they would so the entire world basically. Yeah, the entire world basically. It would you know <laughs> other and any product of the U.S. Like no other country would have any faith that they should even ever try to use it or look at it. So it'd be like, it'll just put a stop to us it business. Um, can you imagine that? It's but I'm sorry, uh, sorry, before you go on, like, can you, I have no can idea. You, can you, I know what I would do if that, if that passed, if they said, okay, you can't use this product that has encryption or basic cybersecurity infrastructure or whatever this law is talking about. And I don't know anything about the law yet. But if they said that, I'd be like, okay, let me find a European company that does the same thing. And somebody would find it and put a spreadsheet on Google Drive, and we would all go and switch up. And that would, like, be the death knell to American computer and internet dominance. You know, it would mm-hmm. 100% be the fucking killing stroke to our cyber dominance of the internet. Well, I'm, I'm sure the law would state something like, and Evan, you could probably tell us better, but I'm sure it would say... Any U.S.-based company or any company doing business in the United States. Uh, I, I this this would be a good time to let me sort of let's let Evan finish read this excerpt here. Yeah. Uh, so, sort of paraphrasing, good. but um, any device, uh, what they're stating is any uh, entity is not above the law and you know must comply with U.S. law. So, um, any device manufacturer, software manufacturer electronic communication service, remote computing service, provider of wireless or electronic communication, provider of remote computing, or any person who provides a product or method to facilitate communication is or processing of data is subject to this law, which is everything. Wow. Does so, it say in the U.S. or doing business in the U.S. or... Uh, it doesn't, although presumably since it's, you know, a bill through our government, that's the only place it could actually yeah, apply. Exactly. But that basically says that every company or every service provider has to engineer it to let the to let government or law enforcement in whenever they want. Right. Now there's some companies who I mean they do that anyways, but um it would be illegal for them not to do it in the future. So that's like an extreme overreaction to current events. This bill would never pass, though. It would never pass. There's too much money. Just forget about what people, what it would do to American business because there's not, I mean, nobody, these people, the people who are in the Congress are so old and so stupid and so out of touch. They have no idea what's going on. They just don't even understand encryption and whatever. There's like whatever. They're reacting they do this about everything, but it, this law would never pass. They don't care about any of those other things, but it would never pass because there's so much money between like Google, uh, Yahoo, Apple, IBM, like none of those companies would stand for it. None of them, because they know what would happen to their right. international business. So there's so much money they pour into the Congress. They would never let that bill pass. Never in a million years. I don't think this bill would pass as it is, or even in its final revision. How if it's presented just as is? However, um, our favorite uh, YouTube presenter John Oliver has made mention of uh, the way things work in some of his old videos. So you can 
take a bill to Congress, vote on it. It passes. You can keep the name, rip out everything in the body, replace everything, replace the whole ruling, replace all the substance of it, and it's already passed. So it's law now. So this could be potentially, or some form of it could be potentially bundled in with something else. Yeah, and that's what they do. Sure, absolutely. They tried it with SOPA. Of course. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. So that's horrible. Well, you know what's going to happen, right? Moving to Belize. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting, hey, like I told you guys, I'm getting that island. It's happening. Okay. There's room for British, both of you guys on there. British that's Honduras. Cool, I'm down. Yeah. I'm I'll be there when I'm not in my hut in Thailand. Yeah. I'm I'm with it, man. Because you know what? Hey, you know, America's all about freedom. You take away the freedom, what's the purpose of being here? You know? Yeah, freedom to get fucked. That's right. I will fucking be the fuck out. Okay? My cur- I'll be, uh, I'll set up a new blower headquarters in the uh, Great White North. So. <laughs> That's right. New to boot. That's right. <laughs> Where you make up your own law. Yep, up there in Yellowknife. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Um, all right, look, let me let me jump in with something here on that same vein. Um, okay, so you guys ever heard of Warrant Canaries? Yes. Uh, I, no. Okay, so um, I don't know if you, Michael, you know what I'm talking about, about Reddit? Yeah, well, no, but I know what a Warrant Canary is. Okay, so basically what a Warrant Canary is, is uh, when, a com- when a company gets uh, subpoenaed by the FICA court, uh, the or the C the NSA the NSA's court or the National Security Court or whatever it's a classified they're not allowed to to to, to say anything about it so the response to this was Google releasing their yearly transparency report okay and within the con- without being straight up and saying this is what happened and this is why it happened which is illegal they can say we were uh, we were asked 336 times by the government to give them information under a FICA subpoena, FICA court subpoena, FICA court subpoena, or whatever. Okay? I think it's FISA. FISA court. Yeah, excuse me. FISA. I'm thinking about the credit bureau, FICA. Uh, <laughs> those whores. No. Um, so uh, so they, can, they, they can say that. Okay? So Reddit, for the last – since Reddit's inception, since they've been doing the transparency reports – They've always had a line in there, and I'll read you the one from last year. It says, as of January 29th, 2015, Reddit has never received a national security letter or an, uh, a national security letter in order under the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act or any classified request for user information. We will, if we ever receive such a request, we would seek to let the public know it exists. Okay, they're not allowed to do that. So what they do is they keep this kind of a canary in their transparency letter. Okay, well, this year it wasn't in there. Okay, so people are like, whoa, 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 yo, what's going on? <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's bound to happen. Reddit is pretty huge now. It's getting they're trying to get bigger and they're going to and as they get bigger and bigger, this stuff's going to happen more and more to them. People are going to use Reddit as a place. Reddit's already used for a place to abuse every, you know, you know, moral and civil liberty possible. <laughs> people like saying all kind of doing all kind of crazy things on Reddit. So it's only a matter of time before something people do even worse stuff up there and uh, the police try to get involved with it. So, uh, I mean, am I really, does this upset me or anything? No. I mean, am I worried about these comp- about the government saying we are subpoenaing these information? I think we kind of have this concept where like the FISA court were like, Oh, they're asking for my information because they want to pin something on me. 
the government doesn't give a shit about you. Okay. <laughs> they're using this information because they think maybe wrongly that they're going to catch a child pornographer or a terrorist or something like that. That's what they're using it for. And they don't care about your shoplifting or your masturbating on, on TV at night, on the internet at night or whatever you're doing. Um, but it's still, on TV, huh? Yeah, so or, be, hey, <laughs> they might care about that. We don't know what you're into, man. <laughs> it's like you schedule your public access broadcast program and uh, just go for you it. You want to violate the FCC? <laughs> for all to see. Yeah, make it happen, Jack. <laughs> hey, I don't want to see it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just very interesting. This uh, the whole thing. It's I don't know. Yeah, we're, we're coming to a place right now, I think, and you know what Evan talked about kind of proves it. Where there's a clash between government and the status quo of what we've thought about these things, and the huge shift that technology is forcing everybody in every industry to make. You know, there's just a cardinal shift between like what we understand business as usual, and now. Business as usual is not usual anymore. Everything's going to change in a huge way and permanently. It's not like before where we could say, oh, we'll just have a little minute shift here and continue doing things we've always done. No. You know, it's like it's like we're talking about the invention of buildings over doing things in caves. Like that's how like huge, huge quantum shift this is compared to like how we've done things. And those people in Congress are lost. Like they and the police departments are lost. They have no clue, you know. So I don't know. Just pretty interesting. I'll put this link in the show notes so you guys can check it out. There's a um, that uh, I forget if it was you, Evan, who showed us that spreadsheet with all the VPN services. Yeah. So in in that spreadsheet, one of the things they do, one of the columns uh, that they talk about is warrant canaries. Ah, very nice. So yeah, they 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 talk about do the services have that so basically all the a lot of these services and it could be anybody it could be apple it could be google it could be anybody could have just a place on their website somewhere that says you know we have not been served any national security letters or other requests and then mm-hmm. if that disappears then you know you know it's like oh uh-oh you know then that's what happened with reddit so i like the uh i like the the way they chose to phrase that the canary I do like too. The canaries in a coal mine. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do too. Uh, exactly. I like very, very clever. Yeah. I like it a lot. I mean, we're gonna have to see what happens. I mean, is is everybody gonna go to? The, is everybody gonna be on the dark web one day? <laughs> you know, like doing their stuff with encryption and everything else, or are people gonna continue to encrypt things just from their home using like PGP and other things? And and uh, oh my god, can I say it? steganography uh, are people gonna oh. yeah exactly are people gonna do crazy stuff like that and just say we don't care about this encryption this crazy encryption law that nazi hitler feinstein put through or are we gonna like are we gonna all follow the rules and be like oh i guess i can't use encryption or most people i know a large community won't give a shit they won't care they will understand they don't care you know you right. know what makes it even worse that that um she's part of it is that she is She's the uh, Silicon Valley. Uh, from yeah, California. she's in California. Yeah, which yeah. is where like half of the U.S. technology uh, infrastructure operates. Yeah, well, what do you think is mm-hmm. going to happen when she tries to run exactly. office next year? You think she's going to save nope. that money? That she's denied. Yeah, exactly. Trust me, dude. I guarantee you, when this shit leaked, her phone was ringing off the hook. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> fucking fucking uh, Tim Cook was like, "Bitch, what are you doing right now, yo?" I will shut your fucking iPhone off, yo. He said it just like that. He was like, yo, because he's from the hood, yo. 
<laughs> he is pretty gangster. He's fucking th- he's gangster when he's not making like turkey with his freaking I don't know turkey dinners on home t- HGTV with his impeccable white family. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> his beautiful, well dressed husband. <laughs> and all the rest of the wasps. Yeah. <laughs> Evan, do you uh do you even know what Tim Cook looks like? Yes. Okay. Alright. I thought they were like, he's black, but that's totally a no, lie. No. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a good CEO for Apple though. People were afraid he was gonna suck, but he's actually a great CEO for Apple. He's done a great job and I mean Apple's not the company it was without Steve Jobs, but what it, Steve what are you gonna do? Like every company has that guy who, you know, led them mm-hmm. into greatness. But he's done a great job. I think he hasn't found his it thing yet that separated Apple like the iPod did. But maybe they'll find or it. Or the iPhone. Or the iPhone, yeah. But maybe he'll find it. Maybe he'll grab that thing. I mean, right now, they're just, whatever, everything they're doing with the iPhone and iPad, just like, they're riding the success that Steve Jobs created for them. Oh, yeah. They don't even know what to do anymore. They're like, what's, like, this new iPhone SE that yeah. they announced? It's an iPhone 5. It's an iPhone 6S inside an iPhone 5S. Yeah. I'm like. Form factor. You guys don't care anymore. That's all it is. Yeah. It's like, okay. And then they released a new iPad Pro, but a smaller one. And they're like. You know, this instead is of the computer. giant monstrosity. They're like, this is a computer. And if, it's funny because, like, a lot, all, the, all the blogs, all the tech blogs and stuff are like, hmm, they're saying this is a computer. And they asked Steve Jobs, like, when he first brought it out, he's like, this will never be a computer. This is just a tablet. You know what I mean? Like, that's what he said, you know, when they brought the iPad out. So it's just kind of funny to hear him, like, hear them, like, totally make this 300, this 180-degree shift to uh, mm-hmm. now, now, oh, this is the computer that's going to change your life. You know, dude, if an iPad's a computer, I'm oh, going to shoot yeah. myself in the face because iPads are freaking Apple devices are freaking horrible to use. If you're a PC person like PC, people will never be able to switch to Apple, you know, not comfortably. That's, enough for that's not it's true. Totally true. That's not it's true. totally true. A PC that's power user, you can't go to fucking Apple and use it. It's, it's... Oh, now you see now you're qualifying. Now you're... <laughs> I got to qualify because, you know. A PC power, power user. user. I can't use mm. it. I hate Apple. I'm I'm like on this Mac right now. I'm like, how do I fucking copy and paste? What's happening? You're like, hit the weird. That's because you're a dumbass. No, There's no, a difference. No. Command. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. There's a difference. They, their next uh, their next revolution is going to be an identical copy of the Google Glass, but it's going to be called the II. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it'll be a Google Glass know. with just a sticker when on the you side. Look into it. All you're gonna see is the hypnotoad. It's like, bah, bah. <laughs> yeah. Like hip- While thirteen hypnotoad. syringes poke poke at your retina. <laughs> yeah. like, <laughs> it's funny. There's a there's a there's a uh, a uh, this is totally off off the rails. There's a Tumblr picture I saw, and it's the hypnotoad, and he's just standing there. He's like, Brr. and it, you read, it's like three pages of comments, and the first comment's like, what the hell? All hell the hypnotoad. All hell the hypnotoad. <laughs> and every comment is like that. Every comment's like, what the hell are you guys talking about? Hypnotoad, hypnotoad. You know, it's like, what the hell? It's so <laughs> yeah. hilarious, dude. I was like, dude, Futurama takes over the world, man. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's funny, yeah. but uh, getting back to uh, iPads and computers. Um, now, obviously, in the in the most basic sense, in the most basic definition of a computer, an iPad is a computer, right? Yeah. A phone, you know, my all our smartphones, you know, our iPhones, our Android phones, all these things are computers. I mean, 
really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, is it a computer in the sense that, you know, a computer that runs Windows XP or Windows 7 or even Mac OS 10? Is it a sense, is it like computer like that? Mm, you know, maybe, but the interface is not the same. For, for what so. most people have to do, I think they could use an iPad. But the thing is, here's the problem, right? Like at my job, where I work, all of the bigwigs have an iPhone and an iPad. Most of them put the iPad in the drawer and never use it. They have the iPad. They have the iPhone. They only use it for phone calls and looking at email. Even though they have the apps to do Word, uh, or not Word, but like the Apple Word clone. Um well, Microsoft does release Word and Excel do, and all that now. The people I work for, they're like, what's that? We don't know what that is. We can't get a license for that. Um, <laughs> so because they're cheap or whatever, I don't know. They won't get it. So It's free, but okay. Yeah. Well, hey, tell them that. I told them. Zero fucks are given. Okay, they're not getting it. So, But people won't use it. Like, they won't use it. Like, And, it, and it's all about the infrastructure. Like, our infrastructure does not lend to make it easy to use. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So you can't go in your office and be like, I'm going to print to the printer. I'm going to like get on the network. I'm going to see this document from wherever, you know? Well, any place where you work or where I work, that's not going to happen, yeah, exactly. you know? Exactly. <laughs> um, but I mean, maybe if, maybe if you work at, uh, if you work at Google, I'm sure you can print to, uh, of course. Yeah. You can you know, use an iPad can for everything. Grab your iPhone or your Android phone and, and print to the network printer or whatever, yeah, you know, or, or I mean, browse a share or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. Mm-hmm. So, but, um, yeah, you know, um, speaking of that, speaking of Google, uh, I did want to mention one thing, uh, earlier off the, before we started the podcast, we were talking about this company called revolve. Mm-hmm. Um, and their whole deal. So, for those of you who don't know, Revolve is a company that they were they got bought by Nest, the same people who make the Nest thermostat. Uh, they got bought back in 2014, and Revolve makes another so-called Internet of Things device. They they make what they call the Revolve Hub, and the hub is designed to it's designed to talk to all the home automation devices in your house, including a Nest thermostat. Or if you have light bulbs that can dim, you know, dim and brighten that you can control remotely. Or if you have a garage door opener that you can control, alarm system, whatever. It's made, it's designed to talk to all of those different things, including all the different protocols that they use. Not just over Wi-Fi, but other, other various protocols. Um, I'll just leave it at that. So I got bought by Nest, and then Nest got bought by Google. So now, if you go to the Revolve website, and it's spelled kind of weird, I put a link in the show notes, um, <clears throat> they have a message up there stating, hey, guess what? We're done, and uh, we're not going to do it anymore. And that's it. So your Revolve device is going to stop working uh, in May. So the only the only silver lining to this that I can find is that on the website, they say you can you can send us an email and we'll uh, give you a refund for your Revolve Hub. So, if you're one of the seven people that actually bought a Revolve Hub, <laughs> um, <laughs> go ahead and uh, check out their website and send them an email, and they'll they'll give you your money back at least for the device. I don't know if there are any other if there were any other costs associated with the service, but, but Revolve um, Hub was like 
freaking four hundred, no, three, two hundred bucks. Yeah, it's like two or three hundred bucks, something expensive. like that. And I, for, for if you don't understand, I didn't understand what it did at first, and it was. I mean, Michael pretty clearly explained it to me. It's everything that I want a device to do. Like you can go on your basically, you get an app. Now, here's my problem with this, right? This is this goes to like Evan's like crazy kooky fears, but he's one hundred percent right in this case. Why does this what thing up? have to? <laughs> why does this thing have to fucking turn off in May? Like it's all self-contained. It goes on your Wi-Fi. Why does it need to? Like, why do we need? Why do we need to? Why can't it? Why does it need to talk to the yeah, mothership? Why does it? Why can't it just continue doing its basic functionality? And whatever, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's like cool. There's like eight of them out there. Who cares? Just let it keep working. You know, it doesn't. I don't need you to fucking run this thing. Sell it to me, and if you have to patch it or update it, fine. But I don't want inter, I don't want inter, independent. I don't want to fucking have to deal with you to use it. That's the problem. Apparently, it must. It the way it's designed, it must. It must phone home, and then the app on your phone that you use to control it. That must phone home, and then that's how they talk to each but, other. You know, it mustn't be talking just over the network. Why can't the app locally, just which talk is to a stupid. server? <laughs> on that, that 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 is the revolve hub that hosts the freaking right content. yeah no they designed it so it talks to revolve that is, that servers is so somewhere freaking weak man which is stupid but you know the reason they do it is probably they want to they want to keep the customer you know they probably want to keep the customer engaged and sell them more shit or whatever you know yeah, i don't it's know so regrettable because here we are now at least they could have patched the damn thing so you don't need them and you could keep using it because i could see the utility in it like i'd be pissed because this is the kind of thing you buy and you're like okay my attitude life is fucking straight now i'm good to go i can control everything from one app i'm in good shape and then if they said okay after two years of of, of giving you a moderately okay device that do, that kind of does mm-hmm. what you wanted now we're going to shut it off for good and that's it your money's fucking gone and it, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, yeah, you're going to get my money back? Get fucked, dude. I want this fucking thing to work. You know? I mean, and there are competitors out there. I don't know. You can search for them. There are other things out there that exist. Yeah, it looks It looks like Samsung makes something yeah, similar. I'm sure it's going to be great, full of Samsung gear fucking bloatware. Get fucked. It's going to be fucking <laughs> horrible. Don't you have a yeah, Samsung phone? It's full of, like, fucking so many bloated apps. <laughs> you know, I'm, like, trying to get, I, I'm trying to get Google. Okay, Google one day just stopped working. And I was, oh, I just enraged. There you go. <laughs> you shut up, Google. Yeah, you triggered yeah. it. So now it won't stop working. Yeah, I, I fixed it today. But <laughs> you know, this whole thing—it's like, oh, if you want blah blah Google to work, then you probably need to disable uh, Samsung Voice because uh, it's fucking insane and it hates OK Google. Oh no, damn it. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, I have a couple. Hey, things. Alexa. <laughs> Just... Hey Siri. <laughs> uh, hey Siri, call nine one one. Oh, oh, oh we've covered all our bases now. So a couple things. Uh, hey, Alexa, like... I'm a I'm a raving maniac. Have the police come get me. <laughs> I like the fact that the uh, the box of this uh, revolve has like a glowing red eye. <laughs> Yes, it reminds like, me of of a horrible movie called Evolver, starring Ethan Embry. Oh my god! Oh, that's not what I was thinking of. I was thinking oh, no? of the, the movie with uh, was it How Nine Thousand? Oh, yeah. oh, you're thinking of uh, two thousand one? Yeah. I and see. so, yeah, kind of, business wise, I wonder 
the main reason they're closing this down is like bad management and not enough resources. So I wonder if Alphabet would be willing to sell this to a company who is is interested, may already be in the business, who has resources to dedicate. If they don't, I wonder if this will open up a new sort of market, much like a third-party firmware for your router. If you can buy a, a Revolve on eBay for like 60 bucks, basically hack it, load up your own firmware. Um, you know, I don't know what server it would talk back to. Maybe you can bypass that. But if this could sort of enter the DIY market oh. as an almost full product. Dude, it has seven... It has seven radios in it, uh, seven different types of radios. Yeah. It's amazing. It's an amazing device. Even if, if, even if all it did, all it had was seven radios, something to hold firmware, talk to all the radios, and a freaking hard drive. It would be a brilliant device. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's all it needs mm-hmm. to be like happy. It had, it supposedly had like a Zigbee in it. It had a, uh, it had a some a Z-Wave radio. It had Wi-Fi. It had uh, two other radios that weren't turned on yet. This was in 2012 or 2013, that video I saw. And those are probably on at this point. I mean, it, dude, it was an amazing device. Probably is Bluetooth. Does it do uh, X10? Yes. No, no, I don't think it does X10. I don't, at least I don't think, I don't remember. I, I, maybe that's one of the radios that was deactivated in that video. I don't know. Mm. But, uh, I mean, it's an amazing device, dude. The DY, the, the, the do-it-yourself market would be like, Totally all over this if they could find a way to do it. And I love that, uh, Evan, you said alphabet, you son of a bitch. I love that you said alphabet. <laughs> yeah, actually, I was going yeah, to say something about that. But yeah. uh, so, for, so for those of us who don't know, what is alphabet, Evan? Oh, Jesus. It's the, it's the parent company to Google and all of its projects since uh, until it was formed almost a year ago, I yeah, think. It's pretty new. Um. Who's the head of the CEO of Google? I don't remember his name. Well, there's there's a guy and guy. One is the head of one, and the other guy is the head of the other. Right? Yeah, I forgot their names. That's not so, helpful. What Sergey oh, Brin? And what's the other guy? Okay, not him. The other guy, the skinny guy with the so, gray hair. So the other guy who was featured in the movie The Internship with Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson, uh, he used to be over like Google and all of the pet projects that Google bought and adopted. And it was just too much. So the Alphabet was formed. Uh, Google was split off into just Google. And Alphabet manages all the other little, like, child projects. All the little things like Gmail? Sure. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it's still part of Google. Okay. But, like, Nest. Yeah. Right. Or Boston Dynamics. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <clears throat> all right. Well, good. It's a little history lesson. Thank you. Thank you for the clarification, Evan. No problem. This, folks, is the podcast. I just got to figure out Evan the name the for the other guy. <laughs> yeah. What'd you say, uh, said, This is the podcast that Evan, Evan was like, oh, it's going to be 20 minutes long. It's too late on content. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we're not exactly. even halfway through the, through the lineup. <laughs> 29, yeah, 29 minutes. minutes let's let's get let's get on let's get let's get going here um so revolve closing down send us your revolve devices we're gonna take them and fucking do something crazy with them make a revolve bot that's gonna terrorize you with this red eye um yeah install windows 10 on them make it part yeah. of a botnet <laughs> oh that's right you were gonna use our the bot technology of microsoft yeah. right mm-hmm. actually it's working right now i'm a bot 
Oh, fantastic. <laughs> well, um, this is awkward. Would you say oh. you're, you're a bot that life? Sorry, James fell backwards and hit his head on the couch. <laughs> Oh, boy. Very nice. Okay, okay. All right, let's jump into Stranger Danger here. <laughs> oh, we already oh, well, covered that. Fine scene. That's the, uh, the encryption. Well, we already, we already talked about half of it. Um, I think uh, right. James wanted to talk about something else there. Oh, yeah. From his fearless, his fearless leader, uh, Jeff Bezos. Yeah, I mean, it just it's a kind of a stupid thing that I heard about this week, and I found kind of amazing. So uh, I guess a year and a half ago or something, or maybe more than that, Amazon came up with these dash buttons, and it was like Tide. Like, you push the button, and you order Tide immediately, and it goes straight to your Amazon cart, orders the Tide, and it just comes in your Prime. Um, sounds really cool, but it sounds like another creepy way Amazon's trying to get you to buy stuff all the time. Um, at any rate... That's 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 their whole thing. Yeah, of course. That's yeah. Their whole thing's like, how can we get you to buy stuff? We want to listen to you. Like, oh, do you need freaking underwear right now? That's, yeah, I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna yeah, that's underwear. their whole that's their whole thing, yeah. James. But do they want to be like your sole provider for all Absolutely. of your needs? Oh, I thought you meant do they want to be your soul? No, they want to do that too. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, they do want to be your sole provider yeah, for everything. They Absolutely. Do. They so now there's a dash button for condoms makeup i mean dude you can get everything with a dash button now and there's over a hundred of those fuckers that over a hundred forty something of them uh oh i should yeah is a dash button like the staples easy button or is it something you have on your like computer the, or like an app on your button, phone it's like, super tiny it's like the staples yeah. easy button so it's a thing that you push yeah. yes it's that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's connected to yeah. wi-fi probably more internet of things yeah i think i think the yes. easy button is a i mean i think the I think it's a vegan. How do you set I these think up? It's a beacon. I thought you vegan? said I think it's a vegan. Uh, Maybe a vegan too, but <laughs> it's definitely. I think it's a beacon because it's very small. I don't think it has an actual Wi-Fi antenna in it. You pay four dollars for it, five dollars, and they give you a five dollar credit immediately. Um, once you, as soon as you get it. Oh, I was gonna say hmm. that you have to buy it, but yeah, then they they, they, they yeah, reimburse yeah. you, so it yeah, doesn't really so matter. You're getting this yeah. thing to your house, ships for free, and then you play. And what is it called? Amazon what? Amazon dash yeah. button. There's a link mm. to the whole page with all of them. It's 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 a nut. So like. Oh wow! Yeah, they have yeah. everything: Charmin, Bounty, Lysol, and it's it's aimed at home stuff. Yeah. It's like stuff you need. Like oh, we're low on toilet paper. Bam, Quaker oats. But for me, I found you know, and I use Amazon Prime pretty 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 uh, pretty pretty a lot. That's not proper phrasing, but I use it quite often. often? Yes, I use it quite often, and. uh the Amazon home products to me are more expensive than just going to the store, you know, like buying a, buying a, buying a tube of my favorite deodorant. If I go to Rite Aid, it costs like $4. If I go on Amazon, it's like seven fifty. you know? So I don't know why I would buy it from Amazon. So, um, <laughs> toilet paper. I don't know. I'd normally buy like, I was about to say a loaf. <laughs> I normally buy a large roll, like, uh, you know, 30, 30 rolls of toilet paper, and it lasts me like six months, and I'm good. So I'm out at home, so maybe I'll try to buy some and see. A 30 yeah, pack? Yeah, whatever. The biggest pack you can of single ply. I'm joking. Jesus I'm joking. <laughs> single ply. I don't know. I, What's I, going I'm, on with this I'm a world. sadist. <laughs> I like to punish myself. <laughs> 
What kind of what kind of toilet paper do you buy, James? Oh, dude, I buy the nice like freaking double thick freaking fucking eighty three ply like super soft like wiping your butt with cotton balls, man. It's so nice. It's like wipe, wiping your butt with a thick t shirt or your or or a hefty sweater. <laughs> a velour yeah, a sweater, sweater, no, like ruining so. ruining cashmere every time you wipe your bottom. You guys don't watch this, but Q- there's a British TV show called QI. Uh, stands for quite interesting, where it's like a trivia show with comedy and panels and stuff like that. So, one <laughs> one of the old episodes, uh, they were reading off a quote of you know some some um, you know medieval king or prince or something like that. He was like on the ma- basically on the matter of cleaning one's own self, I have found nothing better than the neck of a goose. <laughs> Just hilarious. Yes, that's great. <laughs> One, British people are awesome. Two, this guy, I would love to have had a beer with this guy. <laughs> because he had to know it was ridiculous. Like when he said, he's like, yo, this is like crazy. It's, these people are nuts. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I was like, what other animals has he tried? <laughs> the neck of a goose. Yeah. That's fucking great. Oh, all right. So, uh, James, so what were we, uh, <laughs> what were we saying about these dash buttons? They're, they're bad. Well, no, I mean, I just, honestly, I, I still think it's like a, I think it's a, a, a really crappy play. I thought I'd, I'd never thought it would stick and it, they've, they've, they've expanded it. Um, I can't see having a bunch of random buttons all over my house. I'm sure some people are like, Oh, this is great. You know, because I'm an idiot. I don't know how to use the internet, you know? Um, <laughs> they made it. So, well, I mean, it's not it's not a terrible idea, honestly. I think it's a terrible idea. I mean, they, I mean, I mean, you could keep it next to your laundry detergent or something. Right. But I wonder if they have a sticker that says like "Keep out of reach of children," or you end up with fifty fucking boxes of well, Tide. You know what's funny about that? So you know, you guys know who Leo Laporte is. Mm-hmm. So I heard him talking the other day, and he said, you know, he uh, he didn't realize, but uh, so yeah, someone did that at his mm-hmm. at his house. So, um, so he, they just kept on getting like things of toilet paper. They were like, he was finally like, what the hell is going on? Like every day he'd get like four things of toilet paper. He's like, what the hell? <laughs> and he realized someone kept on pushing the button like nonstop. Yeah. They've made it so you can't do that anymore. Um, but just, just think about that. Think about that for a second on upon first release. This is how warped the people at Amazon were upon first release when they put this thing out there like why would you need some kind of extra extra con- external confirmation to say yes i want 43 cans of tuna you know like why would we need a confirmation just order it you know just order release it like this because yeah you could before you could just go push the button and you would just fucking get shit at your house no confirmation the assumption mm-hmm. is oh yeah you did it, you did it for, on purpose this is your product there's no confirmation i mean there is confirmation yes, now now you get a confirmation to your computer to your phone which dumps you into the amazon app and you say yes order it now once they did that they took the utility away uh, from that's me. less i'm like yeah that's less yeah, convenient like, i don't want to if i could go in the app i would just go in the app like give me this thing let me be a fucking idiot about it and whatever but that's the problem you know like you're you're torn because Dude, people have dogs, kids, asshole friends. Like, dude, if I go to your house and I see a dash button, I'm pushing six fucking times. Okay? You're going to get tons yeah. of fucking – you're going to get a barrel of lube coming to your house. Okay? 
I'm gonna go ham. All right, that's that's and everyone I hear who talks about this thing, they're like, yeah, I I was at my buddy's house and I pushed the button. He got some freaking. I know he got some laundry detergent, <laughs> you know. But um, so so that's they great. had to do something. But like, what I would have done was maybe a right. sequence, like click, click, click. You know, three clicks. And I, you know what I would have done, and maybe maybe you can do this. I haven't investigated, so maybe they they do this. Just like when you try to sign into a website and they're like, oh, we're going to send you a text confirmation code. Yeah. Right? I do something like that. Like, they push the button, you get a text message saying, hey. Yeah. You know, that's good. You re- reply, yeah, yes. That's good. Okay. Yes. That'd be done. Perfect. Then you, you yeah. got it. You know, that's it. I don't see much difference between that and having to interact with your app. But uh, if they did have to do something, maybe just have it sort of based on reason like if you order three boxes of tide in the same day someone might be fucking with you and like put your put process the first hold. order put the second two on hold and send you an email like did you mean to do this evan that right. be using too much sense come on dude too nobody much. thinks like that we just want to fucking get this money dude just dude send them six fucking cans of tuna they did order it they pushed the button six times in five minutes they want this they want it, Evan. Don't interrupt their purchase. Yeah. Well, power. you might order six cans of tuna. You might. That might be yeah. that separately might be normal. You make one. You're like, God damn, this is great. <laughs> order. You order one. You eat it the next day. Be like, fuck, man. I need some more of this. <laughs> you just keep going. That's that's how you live yeah. your life now. Here's yeah, the question. Right. One can of tuna at a time. So $2 for the can and $5 Mike, for shipping. Are you still on the mm-hmm. dash buttons page? Yeah. Is there a Coleman mustard button? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Fuck, they're better. We're gonna be. search it out. There's beverage, beverage and grocery. So let's see what we got under here. Smart water. Starbucks. Huh. It's Kraft macaroni and cheese. I kind of like that. Guys, what if we could buy the uh, Revolve ah. business from Alphabet? We'll turn the logo orange or yellow. <laughs> right to match coleman's and then in the app you know it'll still integrate with all the the you know seven different radios and 10 different protocols and everything you open up the uh the mustard app it'll just be like a look like a mustard stain on your phone um excellent and you can't i mean you would think that you want to like change stuff like change your temperature or turn on your sprinklers or whatever but what we all know is that what you really want is mustard so all the different settings, <laughs> all the different settings, uh, you know, you could increase it. You could say, turn the temperature up from 70 to 75. What that would really do is order you five additional jars of Coleman's mustard. There you go. Right? So I think we've solved everyone's there problem. There's no waste. The technology is already there. Couple of reprograms, uh, bip bop. Mike, you're in charge. That's you right. Some what do they say? What, what do they say, Mike? Uh, uh, step one, fix the mustard app. Step two, something. Step three, profit. Profit. Yep. There you go. <laughs> That's it. That's right. Well, they have a uh... one of the uh, thirty-eight laws of oh, acquisition that... there. Coleman's mustard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. They have Orville Redenbacher's button. All right. Well, all right. look, That's, all of our listeners, all the millions of our listeners, we want you to send an email to Amazon and demand a Coleman's mustard button. Okay, it's on you. The onus is to you to make this happen for us. Okay, 
We do this show for you. You do this for us. Get us a Coleman Mustard Dash button. Make it happen. Yeah, we set the plans in motion. We need That's your right. support. Evan, Evan's dad <laughs> and <laughs> the three other people who listen to this show by accident when looking for porn. Get us a, <laughs> get us a mustard button. <laughs> yes. Who think the, the, exactly. the input-output panel is some kind of a porn site. <laughs> <laughs> Plot there twist. The button is shaped like a Coleman's mustard go. jar. Oh, I like that. You you open the lid to open a new one, <laughs> to order a new one. Sorry, so every time you open it, oh. a new one is shipped to your house. <laughs> oh my god! You know, Evan, I think you can only buy Coleman's mustard in one place. What? Britain? Yes. No, you yeah, can get he- it here. Heaven. No, it's. In- <laughs> I've gotten it. I've gotten it at grocery stores here. No, I I, I know, I know, but it is a British. Uh, well, that's why it's so oh, they're very proud of it. It's a national treasure. Yes. No, it's uh, it's quality stuff, though. Definitely. Oh yeah. Right. Definitely. It'll, it'll clear you right so, up. Apparently, there's a Coleman's. Apparently, there's a Coleman's website though for the United States. Coleman'sUSA.com. All right. So. Well, well, we we are still recording a podcast, so let's not go on a mustard rampage too quickly. Let Let's jump into uh, <laughs> let's go to our bonus. Always trying to spoil if, the if fun. only if only there were some sort of uh robot to deliver the mustard to me. There you go. There you go. Absolutely. That would be perfect. Absolutely. Speaking of robots <laughs> who deliver mustard or who've been eating mustard and make a mustard face, um <laughs> Hanson Robotics showed off their new robot Sophia, and I think it's just a robot bust, just the head. Um but uh which is the most terrifying yeah, part it's of the robot? Absolutely, like a nightmare, nightmare robot. Uh, and the video's there. We want you guys to look at it. It's absolutely crazy. It's horrifying. It's a nightmare, just a nightmare machine. And uh, it's named Sophia. It says it wants to destroy all humans. When the the creepy ass owner, <laughs> the guy who made it, the CEO of robot of, of Hanson Robotics, says, "Do you want to destroy all humans?" He's like, "Yes, I want to destroy all humans." <laughs> He's like, "Oh, you're kidding? Ha ha ha! Say it ain't so." I was like, "It's such a bad joke. It's like so flat." And one other person yeah, laughs so bad, and we were all kind of come to the conclusion before the show that this guy is he is like inserting his uh, manhood into the into the robot's mouth. It's just. The way he, the way the robot talks, the way the robot is programmed is so creepy. The robot's like, I want to be, it's like one day I want to have my own family and my own home. I want to own a business. And I'm like, what? Who programs a robot to say this? You know, it's not like some kind of AI. This is not a fucking movie. This is like someone programmed that line of text into the robot. So he, he wants his girlfriend to appear more human-like so he doesn't feel weird. It's creepy, dude. It's so creepy. And the faces, the faces are so bad. Oh my god. It's like, it's like a lot, it's like basically like six, six facial expressions of vinegar strokes. It's just horrible. If you got, anybody knows what the vinegar strokes are, Google it. (laughs) Wow. It's really creepy. That's where we're going with this, huh? Michael was afraid to watch it. Evan watched it. What did you think, Evan? Um... Yeah, super creepy. Uh, I don't well, actually. I watched I, about eight seconds of it, and I couldn't do it anymore. So, I don't know why we need to have a robot that looks and sounds like a human, unless we want them to replace people, which I personally yeah. don't. 
I mean, if they're going to be like, you know, uh, labor or servants or something like that, make something that's, you know, like, it won't look like iRobot or, or, you know, more something more like Chappie. Like, it's a fucking yeah. robot. It talks to you. It can kind of think. But, you know, you're not trying to be yeah. a person. I don't think they should be. Because I can only think the reason you would make a robot that looks and can pass as human is because you want to have sex with it, you know, or you want to have a relationship with it. There, Otherwise, there's no reason. Like, to me, a robot should be an intelligent thing or something with a very narrow AI that can perform a certain function and do it very well and is very reliable at that function. You know, it can wash the dishes, carry your sick grandmother into her, put her in the bed. It can bring grandma food. It can unload the car or unload a truck or whatever. You know, it can build a house like that's like perfect use for a robot. If it's in my house, then I want it to look like a box with wheels. You know what I mean? I want it to look like not like a person. I don't want it to have freaking six articulating joints that have hooks and spikes on them. You know, I want it to just be like this benign freaking white plastic <laughs> box that carries garbage around or trays of food. Like, that's what I want. I don't want it to look like a freaking person so people like project. You want it to ferry trash around yeah. your home? Because <laughs> I like I like that. <laughs> Every limb is a melee weapon. All the robot does is have a trash. All it does is like take trash into one room and dump. That's all it does. Right onto the floor. Swing it around its yeah, head a few and then times. Pitch it, let it fly out and release it against the wall. So garbage sprays all over the wall. That's all the robot does. Perfect robot. Um but I don't I don't want to project human right. feelings onto this robot. Like I don't want to look at it and be like, oh man, it should be a person. Like, why doesn't it have rights? It doesn't need rights. It's a fucking robot. Like, we aren't creating people here. Let's not get it twisted. And I think a lot of these guys who are making robots have this kind of, like, God complex where they're like, I'm creating something. Yeah, you're creating the next fuck doll who knows how to stroke your ego while you stroke its ro creepy robotic vagina. Or you're creating a freaking guy who cleans <laughs> toilets. Like, that's what you're Jesus. creating. I'm being straight with you. You know, there's no reason for it to have a person's face and be like, oh, I talk like people and I want to have a home and a family. Like, what the fuck for? You know, that doesn't make any sense to me. James, yeah, what's that TV show? resources. What's that TV show we saw? That British TV show with what? the robots? I don't know. It's called Human? Oh, human. Humans? Yeah, human. Yeah, and that's another. That's another. Like on a TV show, fine, whatever. Like they're gonna because people in the people in the TV world don't really get it. Like they think, oh yeah, robots are gonna. The goal of a robot is to ultimately look like us one day. I don't think it is. You know, I think the goal of a robot is to look like Atlas, which is instant in this link. You know, it's something that walks around, has four, has has it's bipedal. It can sit in the places we sit. It can open the things we open. It we've made a machine that can fit our environment. You know. So it can utilize the tools we can utilize, which makes it ultimately useful, you know, but it doesn't look like a person. It doesn't have a face. It's not like, hi, I want to play with your kids and freaking stroke your freaking little tiny micro penis. Like, it's not doing that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. All, uh, it, as for robotics, you should not try to make it look like a person unless you think you are going to become that robot you're going to transfer your consciousness to that robot yeah. and you're like i want that's a face. the reason i would do it it's i like it should be like you know like i'll bring up the movie chappy again they are human shaped 
They're bipedal, two arms, a torso, a head. They have interchangeable parts. They're built for a function. They can talk to you and listen to your instructions. But if you're, I mean, if people are designing robot faces to, uh, you know, mimic human speech and, and lip movement and, you know, micro gestures and shit like that. If they think they're going to live in the singularity in a robot body, that's bullshit. If anything, it will be the cloud and it will, you won't even have, it'll be just like virtual reality. Like you walk outside your house and you're like, oh, there's the street. There's the apartment complex. That's what it's going to look like. You're not going to be in a I robot body. I don't think they think that though, Evan. I think people, I think there's a two camps of people. I think there's people who are like, we make robots for utility, AKA Boston Dynamics, AKA Google or Alphabet. Okay. Then you have people like this guy, like Hanson Robotics, mm-hmm. who makes they make creepy robotic bus that look like people that live in the uncanny valley that nightmare fueled children's worst freaking fears. That's what they make. They have one that looks like Einstein, and it just looks like it looks like you took a a metal freaking nightmare skull and wrapped a plastic grocery store bag around it and you're like here's a face you know i mean that's what it looks like it's absolutely the scariest (laughs) thing you ever seen your entire life um and it's like i'm einstein i'm like no you're not you're like a horrible horrible creation and you have to die you know (laughs) oh man kill it with fire before it breathes take all that energy if you want to make skin that's very human-like, make it for people who have freaking robotic legs. That's the perfect place for that stuff. You know, make that yeah. so that Joe Schmo, who has a robotic leg, you know, can fit on a skin on top of his, you know, cybernetic implant. No one has a robotic no. leg. I just want well, you no, there's want a to TED point talk that out. Show one. It's it's beautiful. It's amazing. Um, it's a very cool. I'll find the TED Talk. It's very amazing. It's not anywhere near public release, but they have a dancer who lost both or one of her legs or her feet or something, and she moves around like she's the best dancer in the world. And her foot looks like a foot. It doesn't look like a fucking hook with a with like a spring on it, like like those like the runners. It doesn't look like that, you know. It actually, it's not a it's, it's not, not a scoop. scoop. It's not like. It's not a highlight <laughs> catching mitt or whatever. It's an actual. Yeah. It's an actual. Anyone who knows who highlight is, okay, you know what highlight is. Put it in the comments, all right. Um, but it's not one of those. It looks like a foot, and it's pretty amazing. Like that, I could see wrapped in some kind of synthetic flesh. I totally could get that, or synthetic hair, or something like that. But to make a robot, and we're beating this up at this point, but to make a robot that has a face and everything like that. I think people, it's just only going to make people uncomfortable. It's going to cause basically robot racism because people are like, people are like, why are you trying to trick me? Are you trying to trick me right now? It's the same, the same reaction people will have to tra- trans, the transgender community and things like that. They'll feel like you're trying to trick me. Like, why are you trying to trick me? Why are you trying to be something you're not? You know? Um, and there's, there's people, phobics out there who are going to have that problem with these robots. I'm not a phobic. I could care less, but to me, I don't see a purpose. You know, to me, it's a waste of money, resources, and energy to put into that project just for something that I don't want to have sex with robots. I don't as well. I don't want to go so far, but <laughs> I don't if it, if I don't want to have sex with that creepy robot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. All right. All right, Michael, would you would you do a robot? Fair enough. Would you I'm sorry, a robot. Diddle one? No. Would I allow one to diddle me? Maybe. 
There Fair we go. enough. So we're so so yeah, we're all on board. That's what we're saying. We're all yeah. on board. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Okay. So, all right. If anyone wants to check out those other robots that James uh, mentioned, we got links to them yeah. in the show notes, so you guys can a cool uh, check those out. It looks like pretty, Ed Two and has Ed Two and cool. legs that like a total nightmare, but it's very cool. That's in there too, and that's one that that Google just. This video is probably like a few days old, and it's very cool. So definitely check that out. It's in the show notes. Excellent. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Um, speaking of things that are maybe real, maybe not real. Um, something that is sort of interesting to me is called simulation theory, which um, a, a brief paraphrasing is either the human race or human type race cannot lick, um, cannot survive into a post human existence. So like where, you know, if we upload our consciousness into the cloud, um, so either we cannot live until then or we are already living in that simulation so we are already in the matrix correct in option b there uh yes the difficulty with that proposal is if you try to disprove it any proof could just be a simulation of proof (laughs) so so it's uh, I I think it's quite interesting. There's um, a brief article uh, from Tech Insider. Neil deGrasse Tyson is going to be hosting a discussion between um, uh, or Isaac Asimov, a um, couple of other people in that field. It like should Stros- be pretty good. Stros- is Isaac uh, Asimov alive? <laughs> it's like if you open it's, the box and the cat's dead. He was dead, mentioned in there. It's your fault the cat's dead because you opened the box. The the cat was alive it, before you opened the box. <laughs> Yeah, you don't. You don't know. We'll never know. I'm pretty sure this can't be proven. Well, I don't know. Uh, Evan Isaac Asimov is dead. All right, well, dude, he's mentioned in the article. What do you yeah, want me to say? I, I was about to ask you that. I was like, man, I know I read a book from him that was like written in like 19 freaking 38 or something. So <laughs> he's probably not alive. Well, well, I just checked. He is. He died in 1992. So maybe they will simulate oh, his crazy. body. Maybe handsome robots will make. Uh, <laughs> maybe. If Maybe you want more information on he uses a skin, <laughs> <laughs> just throw a glad bag over a freaking metal frame. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, fucking with a name tag yeah, says Isaac. Bag with a fucking tape on the face is Isaac. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a more um, in depth look at the whole simulation theory and simulation argument in the show notes. Also, if you want to do some more reading, it's pretty interesting. I think. Yeah, I've read uh, I've read a few articles about about that also, Evan, and um, I'm beginning to to think we we may very well be inside a either we're in a simulation or the other thing I've I've read is that we could be either the universe is a computer, mm-hmm. the entire universe is a computer, or we're the output of a computer, mm-hmm. which would pretty much mean we're a simulation. You know, yeah. If we're a computer, um, if the universe and, is a computer and we're in it, and all, we are the most like dysfunctional like ram block there is. Like it's that produces total <laughs> useless garbage. <laughs> this whole this whole field uh, is usually referred to as digital physics. I did Anyone? not know that. 
Yeah, I don't really approve of that name, but whatever. Well, it's yeah, that's that's what it is. But uh, so if anyone wants to Google that, you know, you'll you'll come up with a bunch of stuff. But Evan put some good articles here in the show notes. So to 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 further the kookdom, uh, I was watching my favorite uh, podcaster Joe Rogan, and he had one of his recent guests was uh, one of the founders of Dig, the Dig website. And um, he casually mentioned Kevin. Uh, the guy, what's his name? The guy who kicked the raccoon down, some, down a flight of steps. <laughs> yes, yeah, him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, I, he I remember him telling that story on Twitter. <laughs> that video is hilarious. Yeah. So he casually mentioned that he was having a drink with uh, some, you know, app developer friend of his, and this app developer created an app to sort of. Uh, log people's dreams. Kevin so like if Rose. you have that's his name. Alright. If you have a dream and you wake up, you like type it into this app to, you know, while you remember it. And it's just kind of cool to see your dream log. But uh as with all things internet related and data related, uh he can sort of get a broad overview of what people are dreaming about. And he happened to mention that a number of people in the, you know, relatively small sample size, if you consider the world, but uh, a good number of people are having essentially the same dreams. Hmm. So like 400 people, you know, out of say 10,000 or something, they all dreamed about uh, a shark riding on a sheep's back over the Atlantic ocean, you know, on a hang glider or something. Really? You're just using, it might not be so specific, but they, there are definite similarities in, the dreams that of multiple is interesting. people. Yeah, we're all. I didn't. Lo- we're I didn't all look the up. Same. Well, I didn't look up what the app was called yet, but it it piqued my curiosity. We're all the same. There's only. Yep. It's like uh, the island. There's only so many. Um, mm-hmm. There's only so many backstories or whatever. You know, yep. variations. Website, is the of island's it. website pinisland.com. Is that the website? Yeah, guys. Yes. Anybody who wants to check that out, go mm-hmm. to pinisland.com. Yeah, uh, I was referring to the movie The Island, <laughs> starring uh, Ewan both, McGregor. Both and, are good, uh, yeah. both are good. Like, okay, yeah. sure. And James's favorite actor, uh, Steve Buscemi. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Let's. Penn Island is yeah, a good don't, resource. Don't go to that website. <laughs> not, yeah. No, no, no. Check it out. Check it out. If you like, <laughs> was that like Peg Island? <laughs> No, uh, well, you know, yeah, they are related yeah, in some ways. Write, write it down. Um, write, write, up, write, write down Pen Island. A quick, 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 quick flashback to when we were talking about the robot's face. Um, my reaction was like, it's like the robot's first taste of like biting into a lemon. So if you're curious about that, um, <laughs> a disclaimer, do not go to this website. Check out oh, lemonparties.org. Okay, we're we're going down the road of the yeah, dankest yeah. memes. No, no one go to that website. Yeah, no one go, go to that, that website. website. <laughs> don't go to Penn Island. Don't it's go to Lemon Party. Don't go to any of these websites. <laughs> Stick to the show notes. Okay, don't go to those websites. Please, God, don't go to those websites. We're horrible people for bringing them up. <laughs> I mean, we're all adults. Yeah, you make right. your own choice. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. So uh, let's jump down this like kind of kooky wormhole because I think we're. We're forty minutes. <laughs> we're forty minutes low on our normal two-hour time limit, so we're looking good. I'm looking at all the stuff about VR. I'm looking at how people are like, like people are like diving in headfirst, right? 
what is the VR landscape going to look like in 20 years? Are we going to have people who are like not leaving their house because they're totally jacked in all the time? We're not, we're not at, I don't think Um, we're at a place where it's going to be like, well, I don't know if it's surrogates, but I think, I think we're not at a place where people are like developing the great, that one great VR app. But just imagine when we hit that little app high high point when people make the great vr app you know the great like the the second life of vr where people can be like i can go in and look at super high-res versions of whatever and be in this for all we know this might give uh more a second win to second life or or something like or you know other things like it although i can't i can't think of anything like like second life but... but But you know the yeah. Sims or whatever you know but, something uh, I mean, something like that. I feel like I feel like we're a world of escapists. Like all of us want to get away, like because the real world sucks. What is going to happen? Is there going to be a breed of human being who's like, I don't want to live outside of VR? Yeah, I think it for for the next twenty years, if companies can get a get a handle on a way to um, enable like tactile response while you're sitting in your chair like if you if you're just you know uh, sitting in your chair in your living room and you go out to a bar or something with your friends who are sitting in their chairs in their living room and you can you know you reach out into what's really nothing but in virtual reality you reach out pick up your glass of beer or something and put it to your lips and drink if you can feel the glass and the coldness of the you glass simulate all of that then right yeah. then then you'll never go right. outside again right Absolutely. Until you waste away and die in your chair because you don't have any vitamin D. Well, they need to combine these VR headsets with those Amazon Dash buttons and you'll (laughs) you'll be all set. (laughs) You never have to leave the house again. Okay. I'm thinking next generation, the resurgence of the Barker Lounger. Okay. Barker Lounger comes out with a chair that injects you straight up with vitamin D and Soylent right into your fucking system. It fucking takes care of waste, everything. You never leave the chair, okay? You are now in freaking Ready Player One. Mm. Like you, you call up the the Barker Lounger service department, schedule your installation. Like you have Comcast or Verizon come out. Like, okay, sir, please sit in your chair. Now, mind you, this is a robot doing this because that representative is also in virtual yeah. reality controlling this robot. They strap you in permanently, bolt your arms to the chair. Install a feeding tube and an IV for for all your vitamin needs, and uh, you're good to go. Just give me a credit card. That is a, that's They're a gone. nightmare, right yeah. there, dude. So how do you? Uh, so where would you work? Would you still go to work every day? Yeah, you wouldn't go to sure, work. Telework. Telework. You just beam there. You just appear yeah. in the office. Well, Evans, Evans, almost living yeah. that life right now. So I'm about that. <laughs> I'm not about living. I mean, you're not beaming, but, you know. but yeah, I mean, that's going to happen. Like, dude, think about it. America's. Just... He's using the precursor to to, to the transporter VPN. Absolutely. Dude, so. America's a, 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 a America's a service based uh, society right now. So there's going to be huge flocks of unskilled labor who all they do is answer phones and direct people to tech support and direct people to sales departments and things like that. You know. If you know, computers are obviously going to take a lot of those roles when they get better at it. But there's going to be a bunch of people who don't actually physically need to be there, dude. Almost ninety percent of the people who work in my office don't ever need to come to work. They just do because the government's like, we don't know what business and telework is. 
You know, <laughs> we don't know how to properly use this, this resource to save taxpayer money. But imagine if they got it together. And I'm sure in 20 years they will, because the next generation of people will be like, why the hell are we doing this? Why <laughs> This is just stupid. Why are we coming to work every day? Um, and then, yeah, people are going to be sitting in a chair all day, jacked in, getting way more done and weighing 600 pounds or actually not because they're eating Soylent and not prime rib, you know? Yeah, there'll be yeah. 150 pounds of yeah. fat and water. No bone density, exactly. no muscle structure. They're going to be like, uh, what the, is it, Wally? Well, they won't be fat. Yeah, though. exactly. They will, be, they will have their basic nutrients. They'll just be like, you know, disgusting, skinny meat bags. Meat yeah. bags. You know, with fucking, you know, we'll have to, some company is going to make a special suit that aerates your skin so you don't ever have to move, you know, that keeps you from getting... I'm serious. <laughs> the, the chair. I know how to aerate you, James. <laughs> the chair will rotate and flip you to avoid. Give me a Mac Ten. We'll aerate you real quick. Exactly. <laughs> dance, fool, dance. Um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what's going to happen. I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like that's the future. Rate. You know, I feel like that's, I feel like that's the future because VR is. That's such a it horrible is, but I think that's what's going to happen. I think I, I mean, obviously, there's going to be a bunch of people because right now we have lots of do-it-yourselfers and people who like have all these hobbies and do all these cool things. We have all these Etsy people. We have a whole generation of people who are create creators, right? And and aggregators of create of created things, created works. So I think there's still going to be those people who are in the real world doing stuff. But I think there's going to be a huge freaking uh, lower scummy level of society who never leaves their house. They're just on the dole, jacked in all the time, doing their thing. Like that's what they do. They're on there. They're they're and in the they're in the whatever. And as soon as someone figures out how to directly stimulate the pleasure centers of the brain, dude, people are just going to be like doing everything in, the, in there. They're going to eat. You know, they'll be feeding soylent, but feeling like they're eating prime rib, and they're going to be like, "It's so good! Wow, this is amazing!" You know. So it's basically going to be the Matrix or. Or it's going to be like, uh, well, it's kind of like the holodeck, but worse. And guess what? Guess what's going to suffer? Our dreams of space travel, never going to (laughs) happen. Because no one will give a shit. Yeah. He's like, bringing it back. (laughs) Like, bringing it back. It might happen. The the way I think it could happen is if we all end up living in virtual reality in 20 years, which is probably not likely. But if someone has the... The ability in the real world to take, say, $20 or $100 from every citizen who is living in virtual reality, assemble a bunch of, you know, very basic spacecraft, like probes with cameras, fucking shoot them out in all directions, and you can, you know, fly through space in real time. Oh, God. Yeah, I guess. But we need... uh... Hmm. But that'll get boring because space is yeah, full of space, a bunch of nothing. Space is pretty lame, actually, folks. <laughs> There's nothing out there. It's about ninety nine percent butt kiss. That's why it's called cold space. Space. Yeah. Yep. A cruel nothingness. Yep. Man, we've had a good time rambling today, guys. What else is on your mind? Anything else? Got some oh, yeah, sci fi down there. Wouldn't I? Wouldn't mind a Stargate. I think the Air Force probably already has some stuff. Evan, uh, okay, so I'll yeah, I'll start talking about this, but Evan, feel free to say whatever, James, feel free to say whatever. So Evan recently recommended to me that I should watch Stargate Universe, 
which is a TV show that was on for about a couple of years, around 2009, 2010. And uh, so I started watching it. I've, I've watched season one so far, and I'm into season two a little bit now. And it's a pretty good show. It's a pretty good show, I have to say. Um, the basic premise is these guys, they dial into a gate, that they've been trying to get into for a while, but they could for some for some reason, until some some quote unquote genius was able to figure out the code, and um, so they dial into this gate, and the gate leads them on onto this spaceship that is apparently really ancient, and they keep on calling it ancient technology, which I guess means something in the show. Like I guess it's made by some race of people they call the ancient or ancients. Correct. Correct. Which is weird, but whatever. And apparently they are human or almost human or proto-human or I don't know what they are. But because mm-hmm. everything on the ship is human shaped and we descend, we descend from them. Basically, I see. OK, so started watching that and uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, one thing I'm not clear on, but I guess, uh, you know, it's whatever. Uh, why is it the Air Force that's in charge of all these things? We ever because, we ever given an explanation on that one? Well, in I mean, in real life, in general, the Air Force gets the most money or the most money in their budget for technology, like, uh, technology yeah. and space yeah. stuff like that. So that's very likely why. Ah, um, okay. I don't remember if in Stargate SG One the series i don't remember if like it was the air force that found it and moved it to their facilities but even then um i mean it's probably just some governmental thing because the russians had one in sg1 also and you know who knows what what part uh, of their military a, a was controlling it. that i've always had about the stargate series you know because i'm a, like a huge like sci-fi and like i've always been like i've always had you know i've always had this thing drilled in my head of space navies and i guess because people kind of think space Water, boats, it's the same, right? Perfect. Navy and space, because space is like water. Um, so we've kind of always, I guess, authors and people who write books, they're called authors. I don't know why I said that twice. They will say, they, they always call it a Navy, a space <laughs> Navy. So you're thinking, oh, yeah, it's going to be the Navy. And even in books now, when you read them, you're like, oh, the Navy is the next, you know, Navy, Marines, they're the next logical people who'd be in space. But uh, honestly, the Air Force is probably a better fit or an air, an airspace kind of whatever. Like, it would be like the next, it seems like it'd be the right fit of what would be there. So it kind of makes sense that, you know, they would have whatever, you know what I mean? They'd be the ones, to me at least. But yeah, mm-hmm. so Michael, what'd you think, man? Yeah, I mean, you just gotta go with it. Yeah. Well, also, I was asking Evan. I was, I didn't understand why mixed in with the Air Force personnel are Marines, but um, you got have ground forces. You know, there's whatever. A, a, the Air Force doesn't the the Air Force doesn't really have a a huge uh, an infantry. I mean, they have infantry. special security. They have a special like a special forces branch, which is kind of special forces i guess not really it's just the like the people who secure the bases um they wear red berets but they're very small they're basically like mps you know um but they don't have an infantry and i think everyone agrees that the infantry in a space combat scenario is going to be a marine 
because Marines' first original, initial purposes was boarding ship to ship. So, and ship to ship fights and ship on, on ship protection. So that's what the Marines do for a living. Like the Marines understand how to protect a ship. Like that's what they train. That's what they do. That's what they know. So it seems like the right fit. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So now we're mixing, we're mixing back in yeah, the Navy. Yeah, exactly. Here, and that's see? why it's weird. That's why it's weird. I totally get where you're coming from. I totally get where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Don't tell Marines oh, that they're yeah, part of the yeah, Navy, though. A mistake. Oh, U.S. Marines, Department of the Navy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, nope. they don't like that. Yeah, well, <laughs> reality is a bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> suck it up, chump. Um, so, yeah, the show's not bad. The show's not bad. Um, like I was telling, I was t- telling you guys before the before we started recording that, um, you know, like any TV show, it's, it's kind of predictable, you know, but, uh, yeah, that's okay. You know, it's, it's, it's what we've come to expect. So from any TV show, so, so that's fine. Um, you do get to see a cool ship, um, you know, explore some cool planets and all that. So it's fun. You know, you get to see some aliens, which is nice, you know, see a little pew, pew, pew. So that's good too, you know, (laughs) a little bit of that. Yep. Um, you know, some things don't make a whole lot of sense on the show. Like they're on the ship and, you know, apparently, I don't know if the ship was deep. I guess it was depressurized this whole time until the, the Stargate was activated. And then, you know, then it's like, oh, okay, well we got humans coming in. So let's, let's, you know, fill in, fill in the atmosphere and all that. But there's like perfectly preserved leather couches everywhere and there's nice velour sheets and. Yeah, all this stuff. I'm like, uh, okay. It was cool. it's it's been abandoned for a uh, hundred thousand years, but was recently yeah, refurbished nice like two weeks ago. Yeah, so you know, yeah, stuff like that doesn't really make sense. With, um, I mean, it's a TV show, but there are definitely some problems. I don't want to. I want to defend it, yeah. but because I love that show, I think it's a great show. But I can't. It's indefensible because you're absolutely right. There's a lot of like weird plot holes. You're like, why are there? Yeah, why are there sheets here? You know, why is this? Why is this couch not destroyed? Why is you know, why is this ship flyable? Like we fly this yeah. freaking little now, about. Like how's this works? How's this still working? <laughs> so the only mm-hmm. really weak justification I could have for that is they dialed this gate this gate from a planet they called Icarus, which was basically a staging facility to try and dial the ninth chevron to get to. Uh, some other galaxy or some destination they didn't really understand. So in this base, they had the um, air force and Marines and, you know, presumably it was like a joint base. They had civilians working there, which is why there's civilians on the ship. And they also had, you know, a ton of supplies to sustain that base. And it was sort of a rush job once they dialed the gate because the planet was being attacked by the Lucian Alliance. So they didn't have a lot of time to just, like go through and bring select supplies. So like whatever you can grab, get it and go through the gate now. So maybe someone grabbed a box full of sheets. I don't know. No, no, come on. They grabbed the velour sheets. <laughs> Bro, may, it, maybe it's like labeled bedding no, or something. A, you don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't think you'd grab the bedding. I think, I think you'd Look, grab civilians else. don't know what they need. They're like, oh, we're going on vacation. I'm going to grab my fucking comforter because it makes me feel at home. I mean, there's there's a lot of... Lot of... <laughs> I mean, here's the thing with with TV shows, right? And this is something books do that I kind of hate. But TV shows especially do it because people who write TV shows 
really aren't the kind of people who are like, I'm going to write a book that's super detailed with all the, with everything in it. They're like, I'm going to write what I need to get you through this week's episode and get you the plot points. I want to get you to, to our ultimate goal at the end of the season. Like that's what they write. They don't care about velour sheets or anything like that. They're like, whatever we show, they're like, we're just showing this to show it. And then it's, it's up to us, the people who watch it to pick it apart like Nazis and be like, this doesn't make sense. Why are you doing this? Um, but, uh, you know, like, mm-hmm. dude, do you know how fucking hard it is to grow food in space? How are they eating? What are they eating there? Mm-hmm. You know, how many people like they're yeah, eating from gruel from what I've seen machine in the they... ship that stores come from where? Like what? How? Where's the? No, it's it's not. They actually show it in one of the episodes. You have to pay attention very closely. It's basically um, protein powder or you know, mass builder or meal replacement powder. Cause you see the chef, uh, put a scoop of it, which is like a protein powder scoop into a bowl Did and put know, water in it. Look, people would go fucking nuts eating that. Yeah. Yeah, they do. People go nuts eating that. Like nobody, nobody would, nobody would be able to eat that for like a regular person. And here's the thing, right? I seriously doubt, um, they go there and they never really show you, like you never really know, you know, but you don't know how many people are there. Like you see random people, there's some random scientists or whatever. Like, but you don't really. They don't really lock in mm-hmm. on how many people or how many soldiers are there. They just insert random like red shirts every now and again to get murdered by this week's freaking bad guy or this week's shipborne disease or whatever the case may be. Um, it's a good show, though. I mean, if you look past all of the the stuff that is inherent with TV shows, the concept was good. The thought process was good. I've said time and time again, I would watch a Stargate Universe movie, okay? Or if, if they did, like, a Stargate Universe, if Stargate Universe was picked up by Netflix, and Netflix said, every year, we're going to release one hour and a half long movie, you know, where we spend a lot of time making a great film. Dude, I'd love it. With the same characters, I would love it. It's so good, because they did such a great job character building there. The characters were the most believable, best characters in the Stargate universe, hands down, as far as I'm concerned. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, Evan, you're a fan. What do you think? I like the... I liked the original cast. I mean, I have casting issues with every iteration of the series. Um, but overall, I think... It, Stargate Atlantis was had a yeah. garbage cast. Um one recurring character from SG one that went over to Atlantis was Rodney McKay, who was basically like, you know, yeah. the genius, which is equivalent yeah. to Dr. Rush from Stargate universe. Rush played that role yeah, he did. way he did. better. And they, I mean, they brought um, the guy from SG one over because they were like, we need this show. They brought him over in like the second or third season or something like that. Right. He wasn't there immediately in the beginning. Who was he? Who, yeah. uh, Rodney McKay? Yeah, because no, they were he like, came in the we middle. We need to save this shit show. We need to do something to make this people watch the show because basically, I think Atlantis was a rehash of um of SG One. They said we've made a successful property here, but uh, our actors are like, I don't want to do like another nineteen years of this. So we need to inject a new cast and bring the old cast in occasionally. So you'd see Colonel. Um, what's her face come in and you'd see uh, the Rodney guy come in and they would do their thing and you'd be like, Oh yeah, it's connected to the same universe. This makes me feel good about the show, <laughs> you know? Um, but it was. So yeah, it was definitely a, it was a spinoff. So in SG one, they discovered 
a way to get to the Pegasus galaxy, which is where they found Atlantis, which is, they've been looking for that for a long time. So they sent an expedition there. Um, they do have, I don't think they can use the Stargate to go back and forth because it's, it requires too much power, but they do have a ship um, with uh, using Asgard technology to go uh, at hyperdrive, you know, faster than light travel. So they can get there, but it's like a chore. It's like sending, you know, sending something from uh, South Africa to Japan going west on yeah, the juice a ain't boat. worth the squeeze, my friend. The juice ain't worth the squeeze. You know, it takes a while. <laughs> yeah. Um but I mean that was their they they were they were fairly well connected uh well enough to do a spin-off. It was just in general poorly cast and the writing yeah. was you know no better. Yeah. It was not an improvement. And the thing is, I think the first one you stayed for the cast. Whether the writing was shitty or not or the plots were like rant like rehashes of earlier seasons plots the cast was good like you liked everybody you've seen everybody you knew them they're like family because they've been around forever and they were good actors also there was a stargate movie so if you like the stargate movie you're gonna watch the series which is a fairly reasonable uh you know continuation of the movie like they use the same they talk about the same uh gods and they have the same um, uh, same enemies, you know, for the first couple seasons. So you're like, okay, this is a reasonable continuation. I'm into this, and then you end up watching the rest of the series. So you get in with the the Stargate family, and they spin off to Atlantis. You're like, oh, this is awesome. I want to watch these. I know some of these characters, and then you get like, you know, halfway through the first season, like, eh, yeah, I'm kind of done with this. Mm-hmm. But so. Back to Stargate Universe, I think it started out a little bit too slow. You know how a lot of series have like a two-part first episode? This one had a three-part first episode. I didn't think that was really necessary. Um, and unfortunately, the show only lasted two seasons. And when shows have to sort of wrap up quickly, I think they put all their efforts into you know making a good ending. <laughs> so like the last three or four episodes of the of season two, I was like, fuck man, this is great. I want to see more. Yeah. Why is this over? So it kind of mm-hmm. made me mad, but it's a, it's a good ending. Your boy, Dr. Oh, yeah. Rush is a whore, by but the he's way. A good whore. He's yeah, he good is. at it. You, I, since you're only starting to get into season two, uh, I don't think you actually know how much of a whore he is yet. Better. He's on the battle bridge or something now. So, okay. So yeah, you do know. Okay. <laughs> or the main bridge, I guess. Yeah, because they're no, they're like, oh, we're in the control center. So That's not that hallway. ain't the control center. <laughs> Staying <in the> hallway. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah, you're at the you're yeah. at the fucking internet terminal. <laughs> yeah, he's on the fucking main bridge. I'm like, how have none of these other assholes found this thing? Yeah. <laughs> they're all just like, go ho ho, yeah, we're going about our day. Dude, you know, I would like, be like, I, was, if I was like the military leader there, I'd be like, okay. Every day, we're going to push further into this place. Instead, these guys are like, let's stay in these seven rooms. You know, <laughs> so I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, I, I would have been like, I'd be like, yeah, this build, this fucking place is 30 miles long. We're going to fucking search it, the whole thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The only issue there is like most of the time they don't have yeah. the power reserves yeah. to sort of push out. Yeah. But, yeah they can whatever. send those damn Kino things out. 
But they'd have so they could, but they would have to find a closed off area which has no life support. Uh, open that door. Presumably, they could close off the section before that, but they would still lose that oxygen. That's fine. Which, I didn't seem worried about it in half the episodes I'm watching. So, well, I don't know if you if you have the suspension of disbelief to believe that you're watching people on a hundred thousand year old spaceship in a galaxy, you know, eighty thousand light years away, far far then, away. Uh, yeah. yeah, then you know, and you're like, why do they have sheets? Then you can be like, well, okay, <laughs> they need to breathe. I mean, I mean, if you read any sci-fi book. I never heard the gravity discussed either. Yeah, but that's fine. If you if you if you read any of these books that me and Michael have read, <laughs> then this is a common theme. Like in in so many books I've read, when there's like a jump point or wormholes or something, there's one series of books I've read where they're like, yeah, we're pretty sure the wormholes were made by some ancient civilization that's now dead. You know, um, and that's like a common theme. It's like, uh, oh. This matter of fact, the 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 book that I was talking about last week that I read, I just finished the fourth or fifth book, um, War Strider, and basically one of the races in the thing, they're like, oh yeah, we fought this alien menace, you know, we've been fighting them for forty thousand years, and we finally lost to them, and we gave that world up to them. We went to the other world, and now we've been fighting them for another twenty thousand years, and we're slowly losing this world too. We need your help, you know, <laughs> and. It's kind of crazy because the humans were like, dude, they lost. These guys are wusses. You know, and the guy was like, whoa, dude, they fucking fought them for like 40,000 years, you know, longer than we've had freaking energy or whatever <laughs> electricity. These guys were fighting, you know, with whatever. I mean, it, but it's like so these some of these these and the thing is space itself operates on this huge, massive scale of time. So for me, it's very believable to believe they're flying through some space on some ancient spaceship that's 100,000 years old, and they're 80,000 light years away. And like all the science in there, I have no problem believing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, for all the negatives that we may have just said, I still me too. I very will, much I will enjoy watch the show. series again, I think. And I would love to see like, uh, even like if there's some like books if anybody's seen books or whatever based on the Stargate universe, man, shoot them over here. I would love to read them. Uh, if anybody has seen, like, if there's a movie or a series, like, that's something no one's done. Like, and I feel like it's going to happen soon because right now the world is like. There are a couple of movies well, not, out there. Not, Stargate universe? Yeah. Not for. No, yeah, not for know. Stargate universe. They're. Uh, SG one movies shit show. It was garbage. I don't want to see that. <laughs> yeah, they were bad. Um, it's like it's like Stargate SG one and the case of gold bullion. You know, you're like get out of here. I don't know what you're doing. Pop. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's it's, it's uh yeah. Stargate the, the case of, of gold truth. bullion basically. I mean, oh my god, on, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. Stargate Continuum. Isn't that a TV show? Yeah. That was a an movie first TV show. About a time cop, basically. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. man, I gotta watch time, time cop time again. Cop in the theater, man. Um. <laughs> Me too. <Yeah. laughs> I also saw Johnny Mnemonic in the movie theater. That's the only movie I've ever walked out of. <laughs> Come on, man. He, he no. doubled his his storage capacity to 160 gigabytes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, you got a few other things there. Oh, my God. Box. Um, 
Yeah, I just kind of added those because just because um, earlier we were talking about space elevators and all that kind of stuff. So I thought I'd, I'd throw in there Fear the Sky, which is uh, a book. I don't remember that. who we the author is, but I'll, first, I'll put it. In our first or second episode. Um, yeah, and, it, and that's a great do series. We? And they do. Yeah, they build two or three space elevators. Yeah, they yeah. build space elevators in that one, which is pretty cool. Um, and then Seven Eves. I think we were going to talk about that book, but I don't know that we no, ever did. I don't did. think we did. Yeah, we didn't talk about Doesn't it. Sound they don't build a space elevator. They build something even crazier, which I think, Evan, I'm pretty sure they Ooh. call it, it's a sky hammer or a sky, a sky sickle or something like <laughs> awesome. that. It's basically a counterweighted hammer that's floating in, 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 in just above, uh, in orbit and it's using its counterweight. It's dipping into the atmosphere. People are timing. They're timing a launch. They jump. They basically get into their flying thing, fly into the hangar of this hammer as it swings into the atmosphere, land, and they and they land and lock their ship down. And the hammer can cont- the whole time the hammer's moving and spinning back into space. And this is a theoretical thing that some fucking madman came up with maybe twenty or thirty years ago. That they're like, yes, this is possible. You know, and it's I think it's called a sky hammer. I'm not sure. It might have a, a more scientific name, but it's basically a hammer that has a hammerhead on one end and nothing on the other end and just spins and swoops in swoops in the atmosphere and goes back into space and swoops back in the atmosphere on this really slow kind of arc. Yeah, I wish I was I wish, I was, I wish I was fucking crazy. Like this is this guy was on LSD for sure when he made it and it totally paid off. It's a beautiful theory <laughs> of absolute madness. Yeah, yeah, this uh the best kind. Yeah. This no, this book is pretty yeah, this, is. and this is a great book by the way. It's by Neil it's by Neil Stevenson who is a he's a very he, he's a good before. sci-fi author. He, you know, he's written a lot of books. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, same exactly. guy. Okay. Yeah, so he's written he's written that, he's written Cryptonomicon. He's written he's oh, yeah. Reem D, which I think uh You've read that, right? Yeah. Um, the Baroque Cycle, bunch of bunch of books, bunch of books. Um, so he's been around for a while. This is his newest book, Seven Eves. And then the good thing about it, if you get it on Audible, yeah, it's a it long is. book. So I'm, I can only imagine how many pages it is. You know, he if you buy it, around. but you know, most most books that I read are are between ten and fifteen hours, maybe sixteen hours. This one is thirty-one hours and fifty-five. But most minutes. of his books are like that. Damn. Like, um, like so how is... long was Snow Crash? Snow Crash is like twenty some odd hours. I'm pretty sure. Snow Crash. That book uh, was I'm not long. Sure. Yeah, seventeen hours. Yeah. Seventeen hours. I mean, he he doesn't mm. he doesn't screw around. But but you know, I, I know like Evan doesn't listen to audiobooks like Michael and I. Um, and I think for an outsider, you'd be like twenty-one hours. My God, you know. But dude, it is the most riveting twenty-one hours you will ever spend listening to a book. It's so good. Um, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Michael, Seven Eves. Oh, Seven Eves is is awesome, and it starts it starts off pretty much in our time now, and it ends like five thousand years yeah. from now. <laughs> nice. That's yeah. the times the timeline. I would love to talk about <laughs> in the it more. in the book. <laughs> I would love and, that we uh, should do a show where we just talk about Seven Eves because that book. Well, yeah, yeah, I don't want to ruin it for anybody. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, it is. It's. 
you're like, wow, you know. Another book we sh- we should discuss, although maybe I'll read it again and maybe we'll we'll talk about it. And that one I won't feel as bad if we talk about it because it's been out for twenty years. Yeah. Um, Snow Crash. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about Snow Crash. We got to get Evan to, Evan to read or listen to that though. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Evan, in that book, that's the first time anyone used the term um, metaverse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And basically in the book, there's a thing, you know, kind of like Second Life. There's like a thing like Second Life, basically. Mm-hmm. But it's that's pretty much where everyone goes when they're online. Okay. In this In this book, you know. Now, the book isn't only about being online, but a good part of it involves that. But um, there's still a lot, lots yeah, going on in the real like world. I think you would like that book, Evan, because it's very in deep and very – like he takes you down so many rabbit holes in that book. I mean I listened to the book three times, and every time I hear something new, I'm like, how did I miss this last time? You know, um, It's just a super deep, super involved book. And it's – I mean we talk about it. We, we've missed, mentioned Snow Crash like three or four times on this podcast, and it's an amazing book. I absolutely love it. It was like my introduction into the cyberpunk world. Mm-hmm. Um, I crave more stuff like that because it was so good. Um, Will it send me into a downward spiral of questioning all that I view as reality? No, it will send you into a downward no. spiral of questioning all no. that that all that uh, could be reality. I think because I feel like when I left that book, I was like, "Wow, are we going there?" You know, and I kind of every day I think to myself, mm-hmm. I feel like we're getting closer to that. I mean, Domino's just introduced a freaking is making a pizza car. You know, which is right out of Snow Crash. Yeah, I should. Oh, <laughs> like that is from Snow Crash. <laughs> that shit is from Snow Crash. Yeah. I, yep. Sometimes I wonder if product developers, uh, you know, in general, are basically like looking at, you know, decades old sci-fi and be like, okay, that's what I'm gonna make. Yeah. Does you know is the sci-fi based on our reality or is our reality like that, based on the like... sci-fi? Right. I would. I like I'd probably guys, say the latter. Yeah, I, probably a bit I feel of both. Like if but, sci-fi yeah. didn't exist and humanity was allowed to go on do its thing, inevitably we'd end up in space at some point, and some would make a space forces, but they would wouldn't be called a navy. They'd be called like space mobile forces or something like that. Like if we call if when they do finally have military forces in space operating, uh, protecting freaking Cygnus Alpha Two or whatever. I'm. I can almost guarantee they're gonna be called Space Navy. I can guarantee it's gonna happen, and that's all due to sci-fi. I am sure it is. You know, like people when they people talk warp. I mean, come on, where'd that word come from? Is warp a science word? What, we're warp? not gonna. It's they're warping not, I mean, space really. time. They're not, they're not gonna call it um, the Federation, James, or no, not the Federation. I don't think so. Uh, but we do have a Columbia. I don't think it's United called Columbia Federation class, but we have that. The sh- the space shuttle. No, but it's Starfleet. Space that's shuttle the Enterprise. Name. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. but that's named after Star Trek. <laughs> Reality imitating sci-fi. <laughs> you know, the warp drive. You know, yep. absolutely. The Alcubierre drive. Why didn't they call it that? Well, that's well, the that Heisenberg compensator. The, well, there's my transporters work. There's a reason for that too, but yeah. Um. Yeah, that has to do with the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, the Alcubierre uh, yeah. 
bubble or whatever they call it, James, in that in that series of books. That's because of the guy Mexican who uh, came yeah. up with the theory. Yeah, it's a physicist. That's his. Yeah, that's I his know. name. I know. He's a Mexican physicist named something Alcubierre. Alcubierre, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. His name is Albert Cubieri. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no. It's like Miguel. Or, like you know, I don't know what his name is. Al Miguel Cubier. or... Yeah. You know, Al Cubier or something. Yeah. I don't remember what his name is, but something like that. Yeah. Right. I feel like we've gone into the ramble cast. Um, um, yeah. One other thing I just want to mention. Uh, it's not related to anything, but uh, I've recently... And James, you told me about this a long time ago. And I'm just now actually starting to use it. Um, a website called Mint.com, M-I-N-T.com. They also have a app called Mint, and it's it was its own thing. Now it's been bought by Intuit, the same people who make Quicken and all those things. Um, it's a free service. You can sign up for the on their website for free. And what they let you do is they give you the ability to track your finances. You can add in all your accounts there. Let's say, you know, you have your accounts on Bank A, Bank B, Bank C. Uh, you have your car loan, Bank D, your credit cards, Bank E and F. You add all that stuff in, and it gives you one central place to look at everything. So you can budget, you know, plan for your retirement, plan. You know, you can set goals. You can say, oh, I want to save up. I want to go on this trip, you know, next year or in three months, or I got to get my car fixed. How am I going to do that? So it lets you see all your financial stuff in one place. Mm -hmm. So it's a very, uh, very cool website. I've just, I just started digging into it really earlier today, actually. But uh, it's got a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff in there that's very yeah, cool. Yeah, it's. I, I use it. I have my, I have two bank accounts and my IRA and my car mm -hmm. uh, in it, and so it, it tells you your net worth. They can very easily and freely tell you your your credit score um it's actually a really great tool it's sad that it's owned by intuit which means now they're going to take that data and mine it for some god awful reason but <laughs> it's still very cool <laughs> and it's i mean for me it's helpful because i'm horrible with money so i told michael to get it because he's horrible with money and uh it's, a, it's an excellent tool to see what you're spending because it, it it actually parses out the data it's like oh this was food this was entertainment this was home goods, and it's not a hundred percent right. But if you go to Heckinger's, they're taking it. The, you can go in and adjust it, though. If you go, to, if you go to Home Depot, they're basically assuming, okay, this is probably a home good. If you're going yeah. to Target, you're probably buying home goods. You know, so sure, it's, it's yeah, but yeah, you can. Yeah, but you can go in and adjust everything if you want to. You can say, oh, this is you know, this was a, a this was fast food. This was groceries. This was uh, I was at a bar. And this is alcohol. You know, you can. This is a car payment. Whatever. You know, if it doesn't know automatically, you can go in and adjust it so it does know in the future. So it is a uh, and it's you know gives you nice graphs and charts and you can see oh this is the breakdown. How's how much I'm spending every month on this and that on gas on food on housing on bullshit you know <laughs> whatever. So, Excellent. Yeah, it's a it's a very cool website. Very cool. So, yeah, with that, uh, I think I think that'll about yep. do it. So mint.com slash io panel and no, nothing will happen. Don't do that. Uh, <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> so you get a four hundred four error. Yeah, just you just get a four hundred four error. <laughs> just send us yeah. some money directly if you want to help us out. Um, 
But James, you want to uh, take us out with our uh, our Coleman's no, mustard? I'm uh, not doing that. We already we already covered Coleman's yeah, enough today. We've done. We've oh, done okay. a 15 right, minute right. Coleman's rant. Look, uh, resolve. <laughs> yeah, resolve. Um, okay, revolve covered. Brought to you by Coleman's. <laughs> yeah. Yes, resolve carpet cleaner. Brought to you by Coleman's. <laughs> the lantern people. That's right. Um, all right, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in for another rambling episode of the IO panel. Uh, we'll be back next week with another great, totally off-kilter, totally random episode. Hope you like it. Um, don't forget you can comment at IOPanel. Wait, feedback to at IOPanel.com. No. It's <laughs> IOPanel.feedback.com. Feedback.com it, it, where you wow. see random feedback from random things. Can you, James, can you mute yourself for a second? <laughs> <laughs> You can, if you want to give us feedback, you can email feedback at iopanelpodcast.com. Check out our website, iopanelpodcast.com or iopanel.tech. You can hit us up on Facebook individually. Find any way you can to let us know uh, what you think of the podcast. If you have any questions, we do have a Twitter account now. What? It's at Penn Island. Oh. So check it out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening.